Hello, podcast nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast, Season 5, Episode 6. Season 5's theme, if you're just joining us, is our 2023 year in review. And this is Episode 6, our best experiences of 2023. And it's the last part of our six-part series. So if you haven't listened to the other ones, uh, you can go back, check them out. However you listen to this podcast, you can find those. We did 2023 travel stats, 2023 travel superlatives, best meals of 2023. Well, actually, we did that and then had to redo that. If you listen, you know, best drinks of 2023, best desserts of 2023. And now we have best experiences of 2023. Heth, it is felt <laughs> like a bit of a battle that we've gone through to record this not in a bad way but just uh a lot has happened in the six days since we first sat down to try to record this season yes and i have to say that you know we we took a year-long hiatus from the podcast unplanned and um, it ended up being very nice for us to like take that mental break and the creative content break. And so coming back to it, having met so many obstacles, I was still so excited to record, even though um, our son ended up getting COVID on our drive home from Pennsylvania to North Carolina, which was a brutal drive. And we stopped halfway and he was like so sick in the hotel. And then we got home, he was still sick. So we tested him for COVID. He was positive. So then last week he had to stay home all week. And this is coming off a month of us traveling to Argentina. So he had not been to school, to kindergarten since before Thanksgiving. And we come home and he's supposed to go back to school. And then he has a whole week off when we're hoping to dive back into work. So excited to record the podcast. And, you know, even despite having some of those obstacles, it was such a joy to come back and record again. And it's so fun to do the year interview podcast for us because I, as I've mentioned before, I don't think I would spend this much time reflecting on our past year just because we don't necessarily have a lot of time to ourselves anymore as parents of two small kids and running multiple businesses. And so, you know, to, ha to be forced, you know, essentially to, Quote, use, to, to, to forced to reflect that much in order to do this podcast is such I guess I would say a blessing to me that I prioritize the time then. So all that to say is, yes, I'm super excited to be here recording and the best experiences is my favorite one to record. Yeah, when I first started putting the stats together, it was December 20th. So mm -hmm. now this last episode is coming at being recorded and coming out on the same day, Wednesday, January 10th. So that gives you it's an idea. Long haul. 20 days I've been thinking about this and putting it together. And in that time, you know, we flew back from Argentina. I actually had Heather's sister bring all our recording equipment up to Pennsylvania because we came back the day after Christmas and I was going to record then. But we were seeing family and friends and this too and that. hectic. Too hectic. We didn't record. Then I planned to actually record because we have an 11-hour car ride home from Philadelphia down in North Carolina. I said, hey, the kids, you know, they might be on our tablets. We had this huge recording setup. I actually set, had to go to Walmart buy a thing that would plug into our cigarette lighter that gave the power to the mixer so we rec could record on the car ride. That never worked because our son is, <laughs> was, you know, was in oh, pain. He just and got so sick. Got you know, sick like, it just happened so quickly. And it's so, funny because, you know, we have this big Roadcaster Pro, which does not sponsor this podcast, but we have like this great mixer. But back in the day, we used to just have like a little Tascam recorder, which is perfect for recording handheld, yeah. in, in the car. 
But we don't have that. I don't even well, know where I, it is. I got it back from my buddy Brett, who I had lent it to, but we didn't have it. So we were, yeah, I had set <laughs> up this, mixer, like. this crazy system in <laughs> oh the front of the gosh. car for us to record. It was on my He's lap. very determined. I was very determined to record why we were driving in the car a little bit. Again, 11 hours, pretty much straight roads. I'm like, we're doing this. We're going to knock out some. It'll be fun. And that never happened. So here we are 20 days later getting the last bit of this season out. And as you mentioned, we are going to do our best experiences. I know that some of your best experiences are going to involve wine. So my intro fact is, what country consumes the most wine per person? this old city's name. See your breath on window pane. Let's just talk till it strikes again. On my way through I saw you on my way through So there's a website I don't know if any of you have access to it. If you do, I would love your login. It's called Statista. Statista.com. So Why don't you, you do it a subscription-based yes, situation? Here's and, the problem. Okay. It's $149 a month. What? So it's this- It I, must be like for- It's for companies yeah. and, and all this big data and stuff. But you know, you can find- So I'm in a category that says consumer goods and FMCG. I don't know. And then another category, alcoholic beverages. So you could see crazy amounts of stats on this thing. Yeah. Um, the problem is you can only see a few amount of stats- and not all the data unless you buy like again you have the subscription yeah like this was most wine consumed but then i wanted to see i think something with most spirits consumed and like <laughs> oh now you got to buy your subscription yeah. so if anyone has a statista uh account for whatever for your businesses and you, you want to let me get in i would i would very much appreciate it because i that's too high for me for me just for, to like for the month around. yeah just um you do love stats but you don't love stats that much yeah if it was 149 for the year honestly i'd buy it i know i was gonna say for a year i mean that's a little high but whatever but a month yeah that's a that's a business expense for if you have and a that's company. the starter account the <laughs> starter account 149 a month um instant access to 1 million statistics download in all different files detailed references i'm like okay but like PayPal, Google, Samsung, T-Mobile, that's who they have on their site is people who use Statista. Mm -hmm. So I don't, they don't have extra pack of peanuts <laughs> no. next to T-Mobile We're and not Google as big as Google. PayPal. <laughs> uh, not, not yet, not yet. All right, so this, this is a really fun one. Yeah. Go ahead. I just want to hear your answers. I do have like the top 15, I okay. think, here. So what do we got? Well, my first thought is Italy because... Not number one. Okay. Number three, 46.8 liters a person, which um, that's would, would per be... Year? Per year? So mm -hmm. that's essentially... Uh, okay, you know, a bottle, is, a, a bottle of wine is 750 milliliters. So that that's like roughly 55, 60 bottles of wine per person yeah. per year. Uh, because it, it's so cheap... Wine is so cheap in Italy. I mean, you go to a restaurant and wine is cheaper than buying a water glass yeah. of wine. The so top three, I will say, are are very much ahead of everyone else. Okay. And then it drops off into like the 30s mm -hmm. and 27 liters uh, mm -hmm. a year. So mm -hmm. the top three are 51 liters, 47 <laughs> liters, and 46. And Italy is third. Okay, France. France is number two at 47 okay, liters. Okay, and the number one, is it? 
something that's a little more unexpected or am I just not thinking? Yes, it would. Yes, it would fall. Like when I was thinking through this, France, Italy came to mind right away. Obviously. Switzerland. Wow. Switzerland. Number four. Okay. Well, you know, Switzerland is a very nice country. It borders. Has vineyards. <laughs> has vineyards. Affluent. Okay. Yeah, very affluent. It's not cheap to drink there, but um, okay. Number one. <laughs> um, it is a country in that region that, you, that you're in right now. So in Western Europe. Spain. No, Spain okay. is further down the list. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Statistics does not give you numbers next to them, so I have okay. to count. Spain is tenth in that. So in this band of between twenty-four liters and twenty-seven liters, I'll give you all of them. Yeah, so I'll count them. So in fourteenth we have UK, thirteenth Argentina, twelfth Sweden, eleventh um, Spain, ninth Netherlands. 8th, Belgium, 7th, Australia, 6th, Germany, 5th, Austria, and then you go 4th, Switzerland, 3rd, Italy, 2nd, France. It's We have been to the <laughs> wine country, wine area in this country. Portugal? Portugal. Is number one? Wow. I don't know why that so surprising and, and like a decent 51 like 51 <laughs> okay. liters a decent amount ahead of france and italy so yeah just to recap portugal okay. solidly number one france and italy right behind kind of close and then you go into switzerland austria germany australia belgium netherlands spain sweden argentina uk so basically western europe plus argentina mm-hmm. and australia how many of those leaders in australia do you think are from aussie's slap in the bag Slapping the goon. Slapping the goon. Slapping the goon bag. Uh, <laughs> hopefully a lot. A lot less hangovers when you slap the goon. Uh, that's what we learned when we were younger on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Slapping the goon. If you guys don't know what that is, it's an awesome tradition. They swear it works. I don't know. You take the out of a boxed wine. Mm-hmm. You take the bag that's inside, the bladder of it, right? The plastic yeah. bag. So, and you drink out of that, but yep. before you drink out of it, you have to slap it and then you when the bag is done, <laughs> you blow it back up and you use it as your pillow and apparently that doesn't give you a hangover. I mean, we tried it on New Year's. I, I, I you tried it. I, I mean, I slapped the goon, but I yeah. didn't sleep, but I think you said no dice, did it work? I can't really remember, but I don't remember being horrifically hungover on okay. New Year's well, Day back in 2012, I think it was. 11 years ago. Yeah, we rung, we rung in, rang in the New Year. Rang, rang in the New Year in, uh, in Sydney. That was, a, that was a super fun time on Bondi Beach. Good, 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 good times there. Um, speaking of good times, we are into our best experiences. And so this podcast, this episode gives us an uh, the ability now for some of the stories that you heard come up in the other podcast, if you listen to those of this season, this allows us to dive a little deeper. Now, I started diving a little deeper on some of these <laughs> in other podcasts, kind of forgetting we, I'd get to tell the whole story later. So, um, but this I tried allows to us, cut you off. You did. You cut me off. This allows us to dive a little deeper. So, you said you had 10 plus honorable mentions. Yes. So, 
in order to keep this podcast, we don't limit ourselves to any amount of time, but in order to keep this podcast somewhat concise, we will- Somewhat if you, concise. If you have 10 and I have 10, that's mm-hmm. 20. So if we look at about three minutes each for a story, or maybe some might be a little quicker. Should we be setting timers for this? I don't think we should set timers, but I'll just keep my eye on it. You keep your eye on mm-hmm. me. If I need to hurry up, you give me this finger motion mm-hmm. of like, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, if you want to come- is jump in just give me a little stop hand we don't usually do this but give me a little yeah. stop hand I'll, I'll, I'll pause and then you can hop yeah, in and you know some of our experiences might be similar like on the list because we did a lot of traveling together this year I think almost all, all almost all almost all so um all right okay let's, so let, let's just let's just jump into it you've got some honorable mentions and yes. then you have 10 so i'll i'll also make my list of 10 as as well okay i just want to start off by saying that i recently read a book that had a quote in it. Well, I mean, I took the quote from the book. It was a sentence in the book that really spoke to me and I highlighted it. And it said, I had a day that was so good. The kind of good that sticks to your bones, thick and warm and coats your soul in golden light. Wow. And I was like, whoa, that's beautiful. And that's how I felt on these days. Like, like my soul was basking in golden hour. Like I just had that glow and when I thought back on them, like I felt the glow returning. That's how love it. Just wonderful those days were. Yeah. And that's what we're looking at it, as either either a moment in a day or a full day that makes your soul bat I can't remember bask <laughs> in golden light. Yes. That yeah. makes your soul bask in golden light. And we have had people uh pinging us on Instagram. I will keep harping on that that's and the best way to get a hold of us and super fun for us to get to read your answers so what experience did you have in 2023 that made your soul bask in golden light so these honorable mentions made your soul bask in golden light just but a little not less. as golden <laughs> yeah as the light little, as yes, we work our lay down um they were just really fun experiences and i will just talk about them not as in-depth as my top 10. So my first honorable mention is the day that we spent in Colonia in Uruguay. It was a great day. We rented a golf cart. We drove around the the little town. The first part of the day, you know, we went to this old stadium that they turned into retail and shops. It was cool. But I was like, I don't know what else is there to do in this town. Like I hadn't walked around the night before like Trav had, um, you know, because I was at the hotel with the kids getting them to bed. And so we arrive to this area where there's the lighthouse. Yeah, the historical the historic part. part. And I hadn't really seen so many pictures. Like I had no idea what to expect. And we drive up in the golf cart and I'm like, whoa. What is this magical little area? And it was so picturesque and so beautiful, like all these cobblestone streets and these old buildings and this boutique hotel and restaurant, like a couple boutique hotels, but just like really beautiful. And, you know, I walked around and I took some pictures and I wasn't really feeling well, which is one of the reasons why maybe this was a little less because later that night I ended up getting like a horrible stomach virus (laughs) by the time we got back to Buenos Aires. But that part of the day in the mid-afternoon, your favorite gelato. Yeah. It was great. That that full day in Colonia isn't on my list, but the the day before when we the the day where we were in Buenos Aires yeah. and then we we ferried over and got in at night is. Yeah. Um okay, so the day in Colonia mm-hmm. that we spent the the, yep. the the not even a full day because we took the ferry back the next day, but our our daytime 24 time hours in of. Colonia. Um 
driving that Polaris Mula all over Santa Teresa. That was just so fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, basically the Mula is like an enclosed almost quad, like four wheeler. And Heather and I and the kids, um, <laughs> yeah, you needed it to get around in Santa Teresa in Costa Rica. And we we're just driving all over the place, going through up and down huge mountains, running through crazy mud piles. Kids are screaming. We actually thought we were going to get stuck at one point, but those things have some massive torque and power that we were driving them through rivers essentially or it through rivers and it was it was awesome it was really fun. it was cool really fun and at first i was nervous to drive it but you know oh, heck yeah. we were there for like not eight or nine days and so i yeah. definitely you know i drove it and then as soon as i did it once i was like oh this is super fun yeah i think that's when you start to get <laughs> maybe maybe it's gets worse could you stuff yeah i know what i'm doing but yeah you know heather and i neither of us grew up driving four wheelers or dirt bikes so it's We've done it in the past, but it's not something we're super accustomed to. And I remember starting to feel very confident and then having to tell myself, hold up just a little yeah. bit. You know, you don't yeah. want to go off the side of the mountain, no, right? No, no. Okay. But yeah, that was that was really fun. Another honorable mention is the day that we spent, well, the night and then the next day that we spent in Savannah, Georgia. Okay, that will be on my list later. Okay. Um, and then basically, basically, sorry, the 30 hours... That we spent in Buenos Aires without the kids. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just like, I'm trying to see if that's on my list. It, it's not actually. It was going to be. So that'll be an honorable mention. Is that yeah. your, your honorable yeah, that's mentions? all my honorable yeah. mentions. Yeah. Just like our friend, we went to Argentina for a month um, and we have great friends there. They're Argentinian and they live in the suburbs of Buenos Aires. And so we stayed with them for quite a bit. And Isa was like, oh, they, ha they have five kids. Um, their oldest one is 19, I think. Yeah. And their youngest one is six, the same age as our son. And... She was like, listen, you guys go into Buenos Aires, have fun, go for two nights, go without yeah, the so kids. three days, two nights, yeah. basically. Um, and I'll watch the kids. I'll keep them at my house and they can have fun. And, and they did have a lot of fun. And I was like, this is amazing. So Trav and I got to have about 30 hours in Buenos Aires um, without the kids. So I got to walk around, go shopping. I actually didn't buy anything, but I had a lot of fun window shopping. We ate amazing meals, some of which are on the Best Meals podcast, and just all around had a lovely, lovely time. It was glorious. Yeah. It was glorious. Super um, fun. It, I felt like I was in one of those New York Times articles where they, 36 hours in Buenos Aires. Yeah. You know, they write them up. And that's what we were essentially trying to do was replicate our own version of that by eating, drinking, yeah. running around, you know, doing everything we could. I, it, it felt exactly like that. We could very easily write an article 36 hours in Buenos Aires. And uh, it was very hard to get all that stuff in, but we did it. Um, we right. also stayed up very late and it was not very restful because we drank and we ate a lot. And I was like going to bed at 2 a.m. And Yeah, right. The 36 fun, hours did not in include very much hours of sleep. Um, the honorable mentions for me, two I know will not be on your list and one I think will. So I'll start with the two that won't okay. be on your list. Uh, the day it that we- won't be on my list. Yeah, yeah. The day that we spent at the dunes in Myrtle Beach. So we had <laughs> to go down not. and drop your mom <laughs> off. And we just decided, we're dropping uh, or picking her up. We're picking your mom no, up. No, we were dropping Dropping her off. off. Okay. I told you my memory's bad, even though I've looked at this spreadsheet. We picked her up. In the year before, and we dropped okay. her off. So we went to this place she called came the, for the, December. Okay, fine. The Dunes, Myrtle Beach, um, and it was just uh, oceanfront resort for ninety dollars. <laughs> the room was okay, but they had you know two heated pools in the front, 
and a hot tub, and they also had an indoor water park, and that's why we picked this one for the kids, and it was just cool, like... Uh, goofy fun one little night the kids love that indoor water park so much fun and i know if i was a six-year-old going to that that would stick in my memory because well, you know you don't go to water parks that often so just a fun time and i love water parks i love swimming so for me it was also fun and just we could go and do that any night we wanted myrtle beach is only about an hour and a half from us so you know easy simple fun great um, the only be- downside was the ice cream place that I love that's near there was is was that this year closed in January for the season, um, Jordan's. So I have to go back, get some ice cream at Jordan's. Great, great spot. Um, the Cowichan Aquatic Center. We're sticking with a the theme here oh. of swimming. Uh, when we were <laughs> wow. in, when we spent uh, two weeks in on Vancouver Island, there was a place called the Cowichan Aquatic Center. Again. Big indoor water park, basically. Um, They had a high dive. I have not gone off an actual three meter, 10 foot high dive in a long time. So they had diving boards, high dives. They had water slides for the kids. Uh, They had a lazy river, just fun. And I also went there a few other times to get some exercise and swim. So I remember I would go and swim laps in the morning. I'd drive over there, swim laps. All the old old people were doing their... um, water aerobics like just i don't know i kind of felt like a little bit of a local there for a couple weeks Uh so just uh have really my soul basks in some a warm glow of the couch and aquatic center who knew and then the last one staying in canada is the day that we spent at parksville beach which i think will be on your list so all right now we're into our top 10 we'll make sure we we keep it fairly concise but again this is this is our podcast if you guys have listened to the other ones which also thank you for everyone who is listening because even after a year hiatus when we put the podcast out the day it goes out our numbers compared to when we used to do the podcast are only like down 10 to 20 percent from what they were when we used to do it very consistently back in 2020. So a lot of you stayed with us. A lot of you are still listening. So we really, truly do appreciate yes, that. Thank you so much. Um, all right. So I'll give you a little bit of a drum roll here. Okay. Your number 10. My number 10 is a trip that we took to Bulgaria. And, you know, we talked about this trip before, but... Is it a day or is it the whole trip? It's the skiing. So... Okay. I actually didn't put... Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. didn't put the skiing on I your lo- list because you loved it so much. There's a few things from that trip that are on okay. my list, but okay. not the skiing because they were goofy experiences. Yeah. Okay. And I, I loved the skiing. Yeah. We had so much fun. Um, we went on a group trip, which we don't usually do. Um, we knew probably half the people on this trip. And it and was then, a group of 16, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there were, you know, some new people that we met on the trip. Everyone was amazing. I have not skied in probably 10 It doesn't show. Years. You were ripping down the slopes. I, no, but I was so nervous. I was really nervous to get back on the slopes. I was nervous of injuring myself. Um, this, is a, this was a new feeling for me because I used to love skiing and I used to really have no fear. But now being 40 and having- One. Well, at the time I was 40. Okay, that's true. Um, having two small children, being in Europe skiing, I was like, oh my gosh, if I break my leg or I just, like, I didn't think I was going to die or anything, but I was like, if I get injured, it's going to be so inconvenient to our life. I was just like really nervous about that. So I was not really letting myself go. And then <laughs> I just like saw this reel on Instagram later of, you know, my type of skiing is like where you slowly go down like a 
blue <laughs> slope and then you get an April spritz and then you go to the spa. And that's pretty much what I found out. My new uh, comfort level of skiing is, yeah, just I didn't really do any crazy hard slopes. Like some of the people were expert skiers and Trav's a good skier now. No, and so well, he- some of them were expert skiers. And then there was Trav who just was like, I'm going to try to go on what you guys are going yeah. down. And I love learning. If you don't mind me popping. No, this not be, at all. Of course. This isn't on my list, but it would be yeah. right at the top because I love skiing. Yeah. But I don't get to do it much. And so I just was like, you went let, up there. I just you said, went like, to the top. Let me follow you all. Yeah. And can you, can you teach me? And I'm not kidding out. 10 of the people were phenomenal skiers like ski guides and like so uh, good one was like a professional skier when he was younger so just (laughs) top-notch skiers yeah here i am like slowly and and heather was slowly and i i I was just like well i'm not a great skier but i i want to learn and we have three days you know in a row and that's a unique overall was five days of overall was five days that was a unique experience so I just said, can you teach me? I'll try to follow you, you know, and so different people have different styles, but I got to learn from all these people and I felt my, my form is not great. Let me put it that way. But I did start doing a lot of the harder stuff and felt more confident on it. Um, Heather's form is way better than mine, but, and, and she's <laughs> usually nervous. much more it's of so a daredevil. Yeah, and so, so it was funny because I'm watching her go down with nice form, but going so, so, and so carefully. And I'm thinking, well, my form's not as good, but I'm going to rip it a bit for me. And I feel pretty scared going fast, but I just, I kind of did it. It was just awesome. Skiing was great in Bulgaria. The slopes were not packed because we went end of March, early April. And Actually, when we left, they got dumped with snow, so we I know, missed we that. Missed the so the conditions are okay, but not packed, which was great. At, yeah, you know, was, not waiting in any lift lines. Yeah, it was super fun. We had a great time. I I was very sore. I mean, I had not skied in ten years. I feel like next time, if we do a ski trip where we're skiing, that I might need to prep my thighs a yeah, you little bit. Probably work <laughs> out like, more beforehand. So should whoa, I. Whoa, I was. So so sore. It's but because you were so tense I was going down the mountain tense. because yeah, I, I get so really <laughs> tired compared to our friends who fly down the mountain because I'm, I'm constantly. Yeah, it's harder because you're resisting. I'm, I'm constantly yeah. putting pressure. Yeah. And, and fighting against the mountain instead of letting it flow. Yeah, which, very true. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the more you let it flow, the, the less tired you are. But it's also mentally very hard. Yeah. Do. Yeah. So anyway, we had a great time. Um, it's my number 10. All right. My number 10 is the daddy duty just in general that I got Ooh, to play this summer. Okay. And for the first time, I was solo dadding it a few different times this year because Heather went um, to do a, to do mostly, it was all work. All three of them were work-related things all in the summer. And so kind of from... I guess I would say, or end of summer, kind of the month of August mm-hmm. essentially is what it was. Sure. I, I was playing a lot of solo daddy duty and I had not got to do that much. And I was a little nervous if I'm being honest about it. And, but but all of you who have kids, you, you know what it's like when you are solo, a lot of stuff sometimes even becomes easier. It takes more time and you don't have time to do other stuff. But in my head, I'm always trying to do a five different things. And when there's other people around who can help with the kids, I like try to be with them, but also I'm trying to do other stuff. And here it was nice because I knew when they were back from school, if they, it, you know, if they got into school or when they were back from this or that, 
it was just all on me. And some of it was during the summer. So I knew I'm just with them all day. So I had to come up with things to do and activities. And that stretched me a lot. And it was really fun to get to have those experience with the kids. So this year, one of my commitments, one of my resolutions is to do a solo trip with each kid. By trip, it could just be one day. Maybe I take them to the Dunes Resort yeah. in Myrtle Beach. But yeah, just you enjoyed to do, that way more than I did, so by all means. <laughs> just to do one thing that gives me that experience again and, and solo with, that, with each individual kid to really have that connection. So I really felt like I was able to connect. I felt like I got to push myself as a parent. I felt like I had to think of things that was that they were going to do in activities. And um, I just really in, enjoy that time. Would I want to do it all the time? No. But for five to seven day stretches that I was doing it, it was really impactful. And a lot of, bas- my soul was basking in a lot of uh, golden sun. Golden hour light. Golden hour light um, during those times because I, I know that we're not getting these years back with the kids once they're done and sometimes that's hard when other people are around to 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 make yourself fully present in the moment but when you're the only one here and they require you to do everything you have to and I'm glad I was quote unquote forced to do that cool um number nine number nine this is a day we spent on Lake Tahoe um we were there for five or six days yeah yeah something like that six days Um, five nights maybe staying with our friends and thank you nick and sari for an incredible time in lake tahoe (laughs) they have a family home there and it is beautiful you have gorgeous views of the lake um you don't have a lake access though because it's like higher up so they have you know a beach in the community. community But the day that was my favorite, because I saw this lake and I was like, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things to do is stand up paddleboard. And I just really, really, really want to stand up paddleboard. Well, our friends don't have a stand up paddleboard and they don't, I don't really think they do any supping themselves. But I was like, listen, I need to find a place where we can sup on this lake because it's like my favorite activity. And in a lake, we we stand up paddleboard on the ocean, but it's hard. <laughs> and I'm kind of afraid. I don't really like to be deep out in the ocean. Like I'm afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of what's lying underneath. So the whole time I'm out there on the ocean, I just like, I'm trying to enjoy it and relax, but underlying I'm like fighting against like my, you know, fears. fears. But on a lake, I don't know why I'm not scared at all, especially Lake Tahoe, because it is so gorgeously clear. You can see I don't even know, 30 feet maybe down to the bottom. So yeah, the rocks look close. When we were jumping in <laughs> yeah. off the dock, kept thinking, are these are we gonna too hit close? These rocks? And then other people were doing it. And I was like, no, they're actually probably 10 feet down. They just look like they're four feet down. Yeah. How clear it is. So when I was driving to the grocery store one day, I saw one of the, you know, lake parks, like a state park or whatever. Um, they had a whole rack of, of stand-up paddle boards. So I said to Travis, I was like, can we please go one day and do the stand-up paddle boarding there? And he's like, yeah, sure. So one day we wake up. I'm like, this is the day. Let's go. Let's do this. We arrive at the park. It's crowded. Travis has to go find parking. I take the two kids. I go, I ask how much it is. They're like, oh, I don't know if we have any paddle boards. We're kind of fully booked. Then he made it work for us. He's like, do you want one or two? I said, two. Trav comes back. He's like, do we really need two? I said, yes. We're both going out. We'll each take a kid and we're going to have some fun. And I think he was kind of like, I mean, I guess, right? But 
<laughs> we got out there and not only did I have one of the best days, the kids had one of the best days because they love, you know, they had their life jackets on, but both are really good swimmers, especially wit. And, you know, they would just ride on our, on our stand up paddle board. We would go to different coves around the lake back and forth. And wit loves to swim, even if the water is cold. So he was jumping off the the stand up paddleboard. He, he took he off his life son. took off his life jacket so he could swim underneath it. You know when we were stopped, and you know I had no fear of that happening because again the water is so clear and he's such a good swimmer. Whereas like sometimes if we're at other lakes and it's you know we're out deep, I don't want him to take off his life jacket because it makes me nervous. But here I'm like if anything happens, like we could easily see him it's so clear and so beautiful um so yeah it was just like a beautiful day and I didn't expect us to be out there as long as we did but we spent like four hours I think out on the paddleboards. out on the paddleboards. yeah it I, was awesome okay my number nine is just our time in California overall okay and I knew that was cheating I didn't really want that to be it <laughs> but I had such an epic time yeah, out there great. over the summer that it was hard for me to pick a day and so I'm glad you did because when I was racking my brain I yeah, I couldn't remember a specific day because there's a lot of instances and things like that. But I, they didn't stack into one day. But yeah. now that you're mentioning, like this would be one day, one of yeah. the days. And it was an incredible, incredible time. Uh, we were at Tahoe Vista, like you said, four hours. We would do stuff where the kids would jump off the paddle boards. Or Whit and I did this thing where we'd be off the paddle board and then we'd swim under and we'd try to... Um, push, push the, uh, Heather and Hattie off and, you know, then they'd hang on or Wit would hang on. It, it just <laughs> it was so fun. Just exactly what you want when you are out playing with your kids because it was enough to keep us occupied totally. Uh, the views were incredible and then the kids just had an incredible time. So I, that's, a, that's a great one. Um, my number nine, just, you know, to paint the picture and I'll keep it brief, we went out to California to look at a property in Calistoga. Oh, which so your number nine is California. Is the time just, in California. Okay. So I'm just going to oh, give a little little run of that. And we went out to, because we wanted to spend time with my buddy Nick and and spend more time with them. And they're like, we have a place in Tahoe. Have you ever been to Tahoe? No. And then we were like, we've never been to Northern California. So we're going to spend this time out there enjoying it. And we spent six weeks out there. And we went, as Heather mentioned before, in a different podcast to try to buy this resort that was in Calistoga, which is a super cool town um, at the top of the Napa Valley. And you know, we ended up not getting it. Unfortunately, someone had $6 million in cash, so they beat out our offer. Uh, if anyone has $6 million in cash and they'd like <laughs> to help us buy a resort, we will find another one just as good. I promise you that. But we're going to find another one just as good anyway. But it was... An incredible time of exploring Napa and Sonoma and bunking down a little bit in that area while also the pace felt good because we would spend a couple nights at a hotel and do some research there. And then we'd, you know, spend a couple another more nights. So I really felt like we got to know Calistoga and love that town. But, you know, you threw five, six days in Tahoe in that. We spent some time down in like a little bit in San Francisco and Oakland area. We spent some time in Sacramento. So to me, it was the perfect mix of seeing new things, but not going, you know, every three days to a brand new area like I originally wanted, which, you know, we were going to go up through Oregon oh, yeah. and Washington. I wanted to do like this epic road trip. And I said, I just don't think yeah. that's going to be feasible this year. I mean, summer <laughs> in Northern California was incredible. 
we met incredible people, we formed relationships and, and grew relationships with people we already knew, while also really falling in love with that area and knowing that at some point we will do something out there in the real estate space and we we're still actively looking, especially in the town of Calistoga, um, because we spent the most time in that town and just thought the world of it, it felt like home. Really, Shh, don't let the secret out. <laughs> yeah, well, really quick anecdote. We were in Calistoga walking around with the kids. Again, we kind of started to feel like locals there. Walking around with the kids on this back road by uh, by these people were playing paddleball and um, pickleball. Pickleball, yeah, not paddleball. Uh, they were playing pickleball, and it was the people from the fire department. These younger guys in the fire department, and they're like, "Oh, what are you guys doing here?" We're like, "Oh, we're here looking at a resort, and we're we've been here for you know we're going to be here for a month and all that kind of stuff." And I said, "This this town just really feels like home. A lot of." like a good community sense while still having a lot of visitors come through just really feels like where we live in North Carolina. And this 25 year old firefighter was like, Oh, do you live in Carolina beach, North Carolina? And I said, <laughs> so funny. What? How, how, how would you know that? He said, oh, I was there once and you're right. Like Calistoga, even though it's dry and, you know, in wine country, the feeling of the community here feels very much like what I would, what I experienced when I was there in Carolina Beach, North Carolina. So and I said, this is crazy. Yeah, that so, was so wild. So wild. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's my number nine. California. Just a time out in California. It, it truly was the. It's a magical place. What I picture California life being like yeah. is what we got to experience. Yeah. Love it. My number eight is um, on Vancouver Island. My number eight and my number seven are both on Vancouver Island. And I just want to shout out to our friends, Courtney and Calum, and our other friends, Crystal and her husband, Jordan. These are people that we met when we were teaching English in Japan. So in 2010 to 2012, they're like family to us. We love them so much. And we try to see each other every year. Well, during the pandemic, obviously that didn't happen. They came to see us in North Carolina um, in 22. So in 23, we're like, okay, we'll come to Vancouver Island. Like we love coming here. And so every time we go there, we just have such a great time, like with good friends and the island is so beautiful. So my number eight is the day that we spent on Parksville Beach. Okay. This is my honorable mention. This was your honorable mention. But not honorable mention, Number one playground I've ever been yes. to in the world. Yeah. The Parkville Beach this, has this an incredibly awesome playground. Yeah. And we we arrived. It's a beautiful little cove. And we didn't do a ton of swimming. The tide was like, when we arrived, really far out. Like, I've never seen such a... Distinct The, the tide was almost high and low. a mile from where we were sitting when it was all the way out. Um, but it was really fun. There was lots of beach. Um, I did want to paddleboard that day, but there was literally nowhere in Parksville to rent a paddleboard. So that's one thing that maybe could have made this higher on my list. If somebody in Parksville wants to do a stand-up paddleboard operation, I would highly recommend it. But Anyway, it was super fun. We were there with our friends. The kids had a great time. I ate one of my favorite pizzas, um, made my best meals list from a food truck while sitting on the beach eating like this brick oven pizza. I spent some time Hattie, with Hattie. Trav did a lot of daddy duty at the playground, but Hattie really wanted to go swimming. So at one point, I went down into the water with Hattie and we were in there for like 
probably 45 minutes before you and Wit came down. And we just had like a nice little mommy and Hattie time. It was really fun watching her swim around. And then she got cold as Trav and Wit came in. So we, as we were walking out of the water, you know, we were been looking for stuff in the water because it was pretty clear and really shallow. And I looked down and at my feet, I see like this gray circle. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a sand dollar, like a humongous sand dollar. And I look down and there's like five perfect sand dollars that are all huge, like the size of the palm of my hand, just sitting in a little pile as if somebody had placed them there intentionally. It was so weird. Maybe like, they had. No, I don't think so. Like, cause they were like really buried. I don't think anybody placed them there. Like, it looked like organic, but it was just so bizarre that you would find so many like that because I grew up going to Maine and we would always hunt for sand dollars, always. This is what me and my family did. And we would find, you know, like small ones to medium size, but these were so large. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like such an experience for me, like so amazing. I can't even describe how like excited I was. Like this is like a sign from the universe, like so amazing. So I pick up these sand dollars you know, and they are, they're, they are gray. Like they're dead sand dollars, you know? So I'm not like taking live sand dollars and, and keeping them. So I take them up and I like bring them up to the beach and I still have them and I pack them up and like brought them home. However, later as I was walking along the beach, I did see a sign that said like, this beach has a lot of sand dollars. <laughs> oh, the truth comes out. I didn't even know this. Yeah, but I took a picture of it and they're like, please do not take the sand dollars if they're alive, you know, if they're this color, you can take them. And mine were all dead. Like they didn't have any live little yeah, we get things it. on them. But I was just like, and I didn't see any other sand dollars though. Like I, I scoured the beach after that. And I didn't see any more sand dollars anywhere. A special moment. Special finding moment. Finding those sand dollars. So yeah, it was just like you said, a great day. The kids had a lot of fun. We got to spend time with our friends. We got to be in the water. Like we said, like I said, with California and it just felt like we had a a California summer, like what yeah. you would hear in a Beach Boys song, mm -hmm. right? Other than we, we didn't surf much. But this was a quintessential awesome weekend day in the summer on Vancouver Island. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. So that, and, and the playground was great. So that was your number eight. Mm -hmm. Why don't you give your number seven? Because you just, okay. just you know, we'll change it up a little bit. You're staying in on Vancouver Island. Yes. Yeah, so my other spot in Vancouver Island. Well, Couch actually, Cowichan Aquatic Center. Yeah, it's actually, I guess it's not even Vancouver Island. It's Salt Spring Island. Okay. So the day that we spent on Salt Spring Island, you know, we took the ferry over and I, I love taking ferries. I just think it's so fun. And, you know, we, we are not boat people. We don't own a boat. I don't really want to own and operate a boat, uh, but to be on the water is very enjoyable. So to take the ferry over, it's super fast, 45 minutes max, maybe. Um, then you get in the car, you drive around the island, we, which we did a lot of. We really kind of explored a bit that day, seeing parts of the island we'd never seen before. But then just going to the market and, you know, it didn't have the ice cream Trav wanted at the market, nope. but he later found it. Best ice cream in the world. <laughs> I found it later. You go listen to Best Desserts if you haven't listened to that to, to hear that story. But um, yeah, the kids, like they had this live music and dance party for kids in the park and like all of these fun things. Like streamers, streamers and, and animals. Yeah, stuffed animals and people were just like hip. Salt Spring Island is very <laughs> hippy dippy and it was a very fun hippy dippy experience like music <laughs> and streaming and yeah, yeah and the kids dancing, yeah, the kids were just dancing playing on we the were playground dancing with the kids you know with our friends they were there and you know it's it's 
such an experience now because now our friends have kids and so to, to spend time with our friends and then to have our kids play together, you know, having known each other for 13 years is such a beautiful moment and something that we all dreamed about, I think, back in the day of like still being friends and then having our kids be friends and having these travel moments together. So yeah, just that whole day, I went into a couple shops. There's some really cute shops there. I found this beautiful hat that in like the US or in California, a lot of California designers make a hat just like this, would be like $200. And in Canada, it was like $60. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy this hat. And then I showed it to my friend Courtney and she's like, oh my gosh, I love that hat. So I went back and I bought it for her and surprised her with it because, you know, we we're staying at their house. And it was like the least I could do. So it's just really fun to like find a beautiful thing, gift that beautiful thing to my friend. Then we went to wild cider on salt spring which is like a cidery with beautiful views and great food and just like overall a beautiful beautiful day salt spring island never fails to impress us we've yeah. gone a few times and it's just really nice and just, their market is yeah. great and it just again there are very few places probably in the world that we have enjoyed more in summer than the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, when you're on an island and surrounded by water in the Pacific Northwest, that just even takes it up another notch. So Yeah, because the, 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 the summers there are so beautiful because it's not as hot as, like, in North Carolina, it's hot and it's humid. So it's not very enjoyable to be outside unless you're in water. But in the Pacific Northwest, it's, you know, the days are maybe max 75 to 80 it's not humid at all. It gets cooler in the evening. So it's just such a beautiful time climate. Yeah, to be you there. just love the climate there. Yeah. My no so I got two now. Okay. My number eight, eight and your number seven is the day that we spent in Savannah. And so this was a road trip that we took down to Disney Disney World. And we decided to stop in Savannah. It is one of, if not my favorite city in the US, but we hadn't been for quite a while. Last time we were there, uh, we ended up. It was Heather and I was on a Heather and I were on another road trip. I think it we, was 2013. It, we went to happy hour <laughs> and never left Savannah that night. I had to get a hotel because we had a lot of margaritas, um, and so that was a fun memory, right? And we knew it'd be different here with the kids. So we come in, we with our points rent a Hyatt Regency right there, right on the river take the kids out, show them the riverfront, walk around. Heather and I have had done multiple trips to Savannah. So kind of seeing like, oh, remember when we took the picture on that, on that stairwell? Or, you know, I I was there for uh, St. Patty's Day one time, which is an incredible celebration in Savannah. So I was seeing little spots that I remembered. So a lot of nostalgia. Kids were having a great time. Later, we wanted to go back to the hotel. I took Hattie out to get some pizza. So we were like, again, dancing in the square. There was dogs out. Um, Savannah had changed quite a bit in the, you know, seven, eight, 10 yeah. years, however long it had been since we had been there. So this pedestrian only area we got to hang out in. Um, so that was, that was kind of the night. And then the next day we, I, I got up, went for a run, uh, brought me back, brought coffee Heather back a coffee. That's on her best drinks one. So if you listen to that, brought her back a coffee in bed, but I was just running through Savannah. And the reason, one of the reasons everyone loves Savannah and I love Savannah so much is that it's gorgeous. So went out for a run, going through all the squares, you know, everything's breathtaking. It's a, it's May, 
right? Yeah, April. Yeah, it was. The, no, it was April, mid April. Mid April. So the weather so the was beautiful. Weather was beautiful. I go through uh, Forsyth Park and SCAD, uh, Savannah Car- College of Art and Design there. Just happened to be doing this massive festival that day, Art in the Park. And I thought, well, this is crazy cool. And I'm running through and they're setting up and I was like, what's going on? What, oh, you're, you don't even know. I mean, it was just popping off because it was also Parents Weekend there. So Art in the Park, Parents Weekend. <laughs> so pretty cool. Then I went back. We get the kids. We take them there. There's all this crazy art. They're playing on the playground. We had planned on leaving earlier from Savannah. We didn't even get to leave. You know, we basically spent the whole day there. It was, again, Savannah's gorgeous. And to have those activities and just walk around and, you know, do it with kids, which is a little different than how Heather and I had done it in in different time or in previous times. Really nice. And I think it's hard to have a bad day in Savannah because it (laughs) is so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. People always talk about Charleston. And I think this is an unpopular opinion that Trav and I both like Savannah more than Charleston. Totally. To- I mean, Charleston, we've only been to once. Savannah, we've been to multiple times. So it's a little bit of an unfair fight. Sure. And but I think... Char- I don't yeah. know. And Charleston has... It's bigger and it has more restaurants. But Savannah, in the eight years since we've been there, has also grown and has... The food scene's Food scene's off. bigger. Um, and to me, it's, it's more beautiful because... First of all, like when we went to Charleston, everybody talked about how beautiful it was. And I was like, I don't know. It's not as beautiful as I thought. Now, there are some areas, of course, that are very beautiful in, in Charleston. If you go down in the battery yeah. and all that, it's gorgeous. Beautiful. But in Savannah, everywhere is like that because yep. it's smaller, I guess. And like- the, At least the Savannah that you're, you're yeah, like the going to downtown walkable area. And they have these live oak trees just everywhere mixed in with beautiful palm trees. And it's the architecture is stunning and the- Streets are tree-lined and so green. And they have so many squares with parks in them. So it, it almost feels like, I guess, like similar to Europe or something. But it's so beautiful. And yeah, we just, we love going Listen, there. Southern Living can mm-hmm. continue to name Charleston the best city in the South, as they have done for like 10 and or 11 yeah. years in a row. Southern Living, you can have Charleston. <laughs> Epop's got yeah. Savannah. Yeah, for all right. Sure. So you have Charleston, Southern Living. You keep pumping up Charleston. Good for you, Charleston. We're taking Savannah. Epop's best city in the South, Savannah. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll be on that train for 10 years in a row, just like you've been Southern Living for Charleston. <laughs> so love, get yourself love, love to Savannah. Savannah if you've never been. My number seven is Disney World. My number six is Disney World. Okay. So let's talk about it together. So- my parents wanted to take the family on a trip. There are, I am one of six siblings, so there are six of us and uh, various kids as well and uh, spouses and things like that. So my parents wanted to take everyone to Disney World. They had been planning it for a year. We got a huge house in Orlando. My one brother loves Disney World. He helped set it all up. He figured out all the fast pass, all the stuff for everyone. Yeah, Disney is very overwhelming. It's intense, man. So Um, intense. So we went for from like a Sunday through a Saturday. We all stayed in, in a house off the park, about 20 minute drive you know, one of those big houses in the development with a water park and a back backyard pool and all that. Although the pool was green. That was the one bummer. But Disney World itself. Green in a bad way. Yeah, it was like. Is it ever green in a good way? I don't know. A some pool pools can green. look, you know, like turquoisey. No, I'm just, this was green. Yeah, this was like not. This was slime green. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Disney World getting to take the, we, we did three days at the park. 
and parks parks right we yeah. did all the parks three days at the parks and i'll let you chime in here a second i'll just give the lay of land for everyone it was the right amount of time we had a lot of adults so people my parents were like oh we'll take the kids back if you want to spend you know the evening at epcot like we did the one night um as i said my brother cody is a disney fanatic so he kind of here's what we should do this day this day this day this day everyone kind of set their plans off that which was super helpful and um just, I had been as a kid and I think I had went when I was like 15. So it had been 25 years for me. You had never been, never. obviously the kids had never been, you were as excited or more excited than the kids and it exceeded my expectations. So now I'll let you kind of talk about your first Disney world experience. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know that you were really that excited to go. I mean, you had been as a kid a long time ago. I was excited for you and for the kids <laughs> and I didn't think it would be that awesome for me. So for me, it was way better than I thought to the point that I'm like, can we buy a season (laughs) pass here or something like that? So, you know, as a kid, I never went to Disney World. I also had a large family. It just wasn't feasible for all of us to go. And, you know, I didn't really care that much. And as an adult, I was like, I don't really care about going to Disney as an adult. I know adults do that. Now that I've been, I see the allure. (laughs) Um, I never judged adults for going, but I mean, we had friends who went on their honeymoon and I was like, yeah, not going to go on my honeymoon. But I knew that as soon as we had Would you go on your, knowing what you know, (laughs) would you go on a honeymoon there? No, I would not. Okay. But I would go as an adult without kids. Like, because there's enough stuff there that's so magical um, and fun rides and all of that. But I knew as soon as we had kids and if the kids were- you know, of a fun age that I would be dying to go to Disney World. So when your parents told us, you know, and it was a year in advance, I was so excited. So when we went, our kids were five and three. And I think I wouldn't really want to go with kids younger than that. No. It was borderline Definitely hard with Hattie because she had some big emotion days. Um, but we brought our stroller and both of the kids used our stroller with just as much as Hattie. Absolute um, best piece of <laughs> advice right there. Is just we brought our upper. Um, our Uppa Vista, I think it's called. I can't even remember now. And we had like the little kickboard thing so that they could stand on it. Multiple we ways each, for people yeah. to ride the stroller. So plus shove a ton, ton of, of stuff food in. and stuff you buy at Disney yeah. and things so, like that. So, I mean, that's the only time we've used our stroller probably in the past two years for the most part. But anyway, um, we went with the kids and it was everything I imagined it would be and more. What's the end more part for you? I just, I, there's no way to describe it until you go. Like everything about it is so well designed, well curated, the customer service. I mean, I know people read books about Disney's business model and how the hospitality there. And even, you know, just us growing into a hospitality business with our real estate and our Airbnbs, like anytime I experience good hospitality, it just, again, it makes my soul (laughs) get warm with that golden light. Um, it, it was the way that they design each park to be such an immersive experience. Like the first day we went to, and I I, I don't want to talk about this for too long. I know we're saying like three minutes. This is a Disney podcast, right? Yeah. This is not a Disney podcast and we should probably do a Disney podcast for those people out there listening. Um, about our experience and our, our tips and things like that. But, you know, like the first day we went to Animal Kingdom, I think that might have been my favorite day because we did the breakfast at with Mickey and all of that. I was going to say, hold on. We didn't yeah. 
mention the breakfast on our best meals. Yeah. You had mentioned it before, like, yeah. oh, that's going to make our best meals. And then we totally forgot yeah, about I it. Yeah, I totally well, forgot. At I least did. as an honorable mention, because like the food was legitimately very tasty. It's yeah. like a face oh, style. I'm on day like- three of a fast right now, <laughs> of a four day fast. I... Give me that Disney yeah. food. It was Please. good. It was good. Give me that Disney food. Mm. And, you know, then on another day, because we got a park hopping pass. So on another day, we did a park in the morning. I can't remember which one. And then I just went back with Trav's mom and sister to do the Avatar ride again because it blew my mind so much. And I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but it's the best ride I've ever had in my entire life and was so freaking amazing not the avatar one with the water where you just go around that was okay no sorry what uh, is this one called i don't know i can't flight of the flight of the something i can't remember it right now i should have prepared better but that avatar ride was so amazing i had no idea what to expect going in i did the ride and i was like oh my gosh that literally blew my mind so much like i had to do it again and she said to my mom you you my mom didn't do us with it, do it with us the first she time she said kids you, you she have to come ride. and yeah. do this ride yeah so we i went back with trav's mom and um sister and we had been in another park all morning and we were kind of tired so we're like before we do the ride oh yeah because we did the last pass or fast pass so we had a time where we would go Rather than having to wait in line. So we had like about 45 minutes to kill. We went to one of the restaurants in Animal Kingdom, like the fancier restaurants, and each got a cocktail. And the cocktails were amazing. And my sister-in-law, Gail, got a, a food. She got like a poke bowl. It was good. Like So the restaurants, like some of the fancier restaurants are really good restaurants. And we didn't do any of that like dining in Disney really. But that whole experience is good. Like So every part of Disney was better than I imagined. Yeah, and I we basically did as much as we possibly could with the kids and it was great to have other adults there like my dad he went to the park one day so he was like (laughs) i'll stay back and i'll watch the kids and you know being in a big house and having a pool in the back even if it was a little green we were able to drop the kids at different times and go back into the park as adults so it was a good mix for us i think three days was enough could we have done four and still had a great time sure but we'll do a disney yeah, podcast definitely. Uh, even though like all the top travel podcasts are all basically disney they are themed yeah so we'll do our own version though yeah. if you don't listen to those other ones you just want to hear our experience and some tips for disney we'll do another podcast let's move on from disney that was my seven your six so my six now i'll give a drum roll just to mm-hmm. cut here a yeah. little bit yeah little bit of- do it um was christmas eve and the Christmas Eve asado, the barbecue we did with our friends in Argentina. The one you forgot to put the on your top meals. The one I forgot <laughs> to put on my top meals. Hence making a an appearance here on my best experiences. Okay. Is it on your list later? No. Okay. Because I talked about it in the best meals. We did meals talk about and- it in best meals. So I'll keep this one short. In Christmas Eve, how they do it in Argentina is basically you, you go to mass and then around nine or 10, you start the barbecue, you eat around 11 PM and then the kids open gifts at, or everyone opens gifts at midnight. And so that's obviously a different strategy, a different <laughs> tradition than we are used to, but we knew that that was happening. So we kind of geared up for it. None of us took naps during the day, but we felt good. And, and the revelry was there and it was just a fun, fun time. And so we're at, and it's summer and it stays light till 9 PM. So after mass, we come back, we're jumping on their trampoline, you know, I'm playing with the kids, we're eating food, we're swimming in their pool. So it was an awesome, the, the meal itself was good, but everything around it, the whole 
as I said, revelry and party atmosphere. And they're in a gated community, so all the houses around them are having parties. So you're hearing other people's music and, and everyone's having a great so time. So festive. It's really festive. Super festive. It's not necessarily Christmas festive, you know, but it's... Well, it's not Christmas because here's why I think it's not Christmas festive. Our idea of Christmas is different. Yeah. Our idea of Christmas yeah. is well, I mean, there's not Christmas like, lights. Yeah, there's no one really decorated for Christmas. And, you know. They don't do Christmas lights. No, they like, don't do Christmas blow up Santa. Music playing. That's true. Um, <laughs> That's true. I guess they don't do Christmas music as I much, mean, maybe? I don't know. But so didn't it didn't like necessarily it. feel like, you know. I didn't see any visual Christmas. It felt like a 4th of July. <laughs> kind of. What it felt like to me was an awesome 4th of July More party elevated. in the night. Yeah. Um, but it was Christmas. And so the kids were having super time, open their presents. And, you know, we didn't even get them back home. And we didn't go to sleep till like 2.30 a.m. Well, the kids fell asleep on our friend's couch yeah. at 12.20. Pretty right. quickly after they opened their presents, they were tired. So like we said, one, one of the best parts I like of traveling is when you get to go and do a holiday or a special occasion like a wedding or something like that with a in, in a different culture and you get to see how they do it and we got to do that for our Christmas asado um, with our friends and like you said we talked about that in the best meals as well so just an incredible incredible time yeah it was awesome we All had right. the best time and um, I loved Argentina so much that my top five experiences are all there. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, drum roll, mine or not, there is one that is kind of in Argentina. Your top five are there. Okay. Well, all right. Let's hear them. I mean, do you... Should we go back and forth or do they kind of let's roll just, into each other? I think for the sake of time also, let's just do them all together and then you can do yours because um, I see that we're already at an hour. And while there's That's no fine. time limit. This is best experiences. <laughs> this is our coup de gras of uh -huh. the... Uh, of the best of the year in review. So, I mean, we could go as long as we want, but okay, you're going to give your five in order. If you want me to, I'll it's up to you. Okay, let's try it. Let's do something new in the new year. I will chime in when necessary. I'll hold my hand up to be like, mm -hmm. I want to pop in here. But, but you only have one in your top five? Yes, that's in Argentina. Wow, okay. I'm very interested to see what yours are. All right, well, go ahead. Um, and because my top 10, like I said, I mean, all these experiences were so... They all made your soul bask in the right. golden hour. Um, but when I was thinking about the year, I mean, going to Argentina was just so momentous for us because we've always wanted to go to South America. And back in the day when we were like nomadic, we always felt like, I can't believe we've never been to South America. And there were like reasons why we didn't end up going a few times. And so finally to make it here and then to have great friends and who a live whole there. Month. A whole month to be there with your parents. I mean, it was just so many amazing things. And so, I mean, yeah, All right. five, five top. All right. Number five. five, five top. There we go. Top five. Top five. Um, number five, Iguazu Falls. Okay. To me, this was stunning. It, it went beyond my expectations. Yeah. I, man. Yeah. I didn't, Put it on my list. It was stunning. I don't it know why it's not so on my list. It was so stunning. I felt so overwhelmed with how gorgeous it was and just the sheer volume and size. I mean, there are, I guess, um, Victoria Falls is 
bigger or I, something like that, but Iguazu I Falls. T- I need this Statista yeah. $149 should, a month. Maybe you should look this up as I'm talking. I believe Victoria mm. Falls is is has more volume or something like that, but Iguazu Falls being number two has like, mo- like more land Listen. that it covers, something like that. Either way. Yeah, either way. And Victoria is higher. Yeah. Iguazu Falls, I believe, has more volume of water or something, but Victoria Falls is higher. Whatever. I'm sure Victoria Falls is absolutely stunning as well. We've been to Niagara Falls. I would say did not even compare at all (laughs) to Iguazu Falls because there's so many systems of waterfalls that you can't even see it all in one view. And we did both sides of Iguazu Falls. So by that, I mean... Iguazu Falls is on the border of Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay. Paraguay doesn't have a falls access, but it does touch Paraguay. Where you can see the falls is from Brazil and from Argentina. And so people, you know, I think it's more popular to go from the Argentina side. But if you can, people try to go to the Brazilian side and the Argentina side. I would highly recommend going to both sides because... From the Argentina side, you're literally in the falls, like the trails and the paths in the national park go above and over some of the falls. So like you're standing above them and like it's a very beautiful, easy, both of them are easy walks. We did them with the kids and while they complained that it was, they were tired and well, it was very hot. Hold on. It was 110 <laughs> degrees yeah, out. And humid. So, I mean, them complaining. Yeah, it was warranted. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of the people in Argentina, our friend Isa went with us with her son, Pedro. And all of Isa's friends are like, wait, you're going to Cataratas in December? Like, what are you thinking? This is not, this is like not a good time to go because people who live in Argentina will not go when it's this hot. No, they're not going in December <laughs> in tourists, January. I mean, it was still super packed because it's, you know, a high tourist season. Um, but we did Brazil first. And I don't know. I don't know if I preferred. I, I feel like I prefer doing the Brazil side first because you get to see the falls from the other side. So the view is like, wow, these you can see the scale and how encompassing it is. And then we did the Argentina side on the second day where you're in the falls. And I feel like that's a great way to do it. I think either way you do it is going to be amazing. But it was just so stunning to me. I loved every moment that we were there. Yeah, you were shockingly to me very excited about it. Not not that you <laughs> wouldn't. I, you were more excited than I would have thought, and you liked it more than I thought. I also agree it was great. But for some reason, you had that basking. Your soul yeah. was basking in the glow for the whole time. And I, I also very much liked it. Yeah. Definitely, if you can take a boat and go into yes. the falls, you can only with kids do that on the Brazilian side, which is one of the reasons we went to the Brazilian side. We didn't do a helicopter ride. That was probably the one thing that we, we didn't do that you, that you could have added on. But um, yeah, taking a boat into the falls where you, they take you up close and then they drive you close enough to the falls that you're getting soaking wet yeah. is an awesome experience. It was very wild and I was nervous for a few minutes there. Man, if that is number five, all right, yeah. uh, no, let's give you number four. Number four is our time in Hohoi. So number four and number three are both in Hohoi, Argentina, which is a province in the northwest of Argentina. And definitely tourists go here for sure, but it's not as popular as going to like Patagonia Mendoza. or Bariloche or Mendoza. But our friend Isa 
was like, yeah, you should definitely go here. It's, it's, you feel like you get a different experience because it's where a lot of indigenous people live in Argentina. So you're seeing, you know, like a lot of the adobe homes and it's in the mountains and you have all of these like beautiful artisans. And so for me, the time we spent in Tilcara, we had a, an amazing hotel, which we did not mention in our best um, accommodation. I think we like gave it an honorable mention, but the hotel that we had in Tilcara was called Las Marias. So if you're going to Tilcara in Argentina, I highly recommend it, especially if you have kids, because we got a family room and we were there with Trav's parents and they got their own room. And the family room was so spacious. It had two twin beds separated by doors and then a king bed. And then this amazing bathtub that was humongous with jets. And it was like a little kitchenette. I love a good tub. I take baths all the time. That was my number one ba- number one tub of the year. <laughs> that tub was amazing. And Heather doesn't take baths, and Not she often. she did it first and said, "You gotta get you <laughs> love bathtubs. You gotta get in this bathtub." It was incredible. It was incredible, and it had a swimming pool and like the views of the mountains surrounding it, and the people there were very nice. And you know, you could Tilcar is not very big, so you walk out from the hotel and you're you know a two minute walk from anything in town. So it was a great spot. And then the day, the, the morning that we went to Permamarca, which is another town, uh, 30 minutes away from Tilcara, this is where they have more of the artisan shoppings. They have like a big square where they have a lot of artists. Um, and then around the square are all of the shops and the more authentic products are in the shops where it's more of like the handmade stuff and then the stuff that's in the square is more of like the kitschy, like this probably isn't handmade and that's why it's like much, much cheaper. Um, but it was such a fun experience to be there. And Permamarca itself has like this seven color mountain, which is like reds, like different variations of reds and browns. And it's so stunning. And unlike anything I've seen before, you know, kind of similar to Sedona is the only thing that we could compare it to. Um, and just being there and having that experience and going around and buying gifts for all of our friends and for Wit's teacher and Hattie's teacher and my sisters and for myself. It's just like really fun because- <laughs> I like how you throw that in at the end. Buying gifts for all these people and myself. I actually didn't really buy that much for myself. I think I spent like $20 on myself, but I bought like $200 worth of stuff all for friends and family. And it was just really fun because I love to shop and I love to give gifts. You don't say. <laughs> and- to be able to go to a new place and see things I've never seen before and shop in the mountains in this beautiful village and then eat the most humongous tortilla slash empanada I've ever had the size of my head that was delicious. It was just super fun. Okay, that's your number four. I thought of something that was off my list, so I'm wondering if it'll come up. Yeah, my number three being... Salinas Grande? Yeah, I can't. That is not on your list? I forgot. Oh my memory my is, gosh. My memory is bad. I know. This is a, Trav, less this than is a like month ago we did this trip. The one thing that you've always wanted to see in the world. Listen, if this doesn't prove <laughs> that my memory is horrible, nothing will. Wow. Well, why don't you talk about Salinas Grande? Salinas Grande are the salt flats that are up in this region and- I have always wanted to go to Salt Flats. We, I've seen pictures. You know, I, we had a few buddies different times go to Salt Flats. And I can't remember if my buddy, Andrew, who kind of first showed me this, if he did this one or if he was the one in the bigger one in Bolivia. I can't really remember. But 
I knew the salt flats were up here and they were a bit of a drive away from where we were staying. And Heather kept saying, well, we don't have to go if we want to, because I was complaining a little bit about how much driving we had done. And to be fair, it, it was a lot of driving over, over like a five day span. And I said, I don't care. This is one thing I want to do. So we took so the fact it's not on your list. We took the one and a half hour drive, which is crazy because it's only probably 60 kilometers, like 30, 40 miles max. Um, and my dad and mom were in one car and then Heather and I and the kids were in another. And you go through this incredible landscape and it's just switchback after switchback. Now the road is awesome. Oh, paved. Well kept up, super yeah, paved. Completely so it wasn't safe. Yeah, it wasn't scary, but it you just, you know, we're driving manual, so it's fun, but you're just downshifting, upshifting, you know, going by big trucks. It it was a bit tiring to get out there. Um but fun, a fun drive. Completely worth it. The salt flats are incredible. I mean, it's weird to see the earth be salt as yeah. far as your eye can see and be white. And, uh, you know, you, you, you stick your finger in the little running water and it's, tastes it tastes like crazy salt. salt water and you lick the ground and it tastes like salt. So really fun, cr- really bright. Um, so you yes, want to make sure to bring sunglasses and we hats. Did not and- bring, well, I had brought hats, but I left them. In, in our car. car before we kind of went out onto the salt flats and so all of us got like just a little teeny tiny and we were only out there for like 40 minutes but the sun is you're so high because where we were in Hohoi in Tilkara I think it's like 10,000 feet but then when you drive up to the salt flats it's like 14,000 feet so you're even closer and then you have the reflection from all the salt and the salt pools yeah it was very hot and I was excited to see these salt flats but to be there and experience it was, again, better than my expectations. And you're looking around you at all of these, because you're kind of like, you're at 14,000 feet, but it's like a flat little valley at 14,000 feet. And then you have other mountains that are even taller all surrounding you. So it just was such an epic landscape. And it was really, really cool to do that again with the kids, with Trav's parents. We took some fun pictures, of course, as one does. It's popular. Like we had a guide that takes you out onto the flats and he was setting up all these really silly pictures. Um, So it was very, very fun. Number three. Selena's Grande. I completely forgot. So glad I got If it was on your list, what number put you on the spot here? Probably three. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially, right. it, it would be three. Okay, number three, three on your list. list. Okay. That, that number worked. three on both of our lists. That worked well. That worked Salinas well. Salinas Grande. All right, you're number two. We're getting close. We're getting close. Cafeyete. Okay. In Salta, Is it Argentina. Just, just being there? No, or? not just being there. Um, we. This is one of the reasons why Trav was sick of driving, because we flew into Salta and Salta is the province next to Hohoi province in the Northwest. So we, dro- we flew into Salta. We drove immediately three hours south to Cafayete. We stayed for two nights, yep. drove three hours back to Salta, spent one night, then drove three hours to Tilcara in Salinas or in Hohoi, spent three nights there. One of those days we drove the hour and a half to Salinas. Hour and Grande. a half up, hour and a half back. Yeah. Yep. It's a lot of driving. And I, again, it's because I'm getting older. I used to love <laughs> yeah, driving. I still no like driving, but it, it was a lot. It, yeah, it wears me because you have the kids in there, and most of the time they're pretty good. But 
we gave them a lot of Dramamine to help with the, because we all get a little bit carsick. The the roads, the the drives, and I love an awesome road trip, were, were awesome, were, were great, but they were twisty, windy roads. So I'm kind of looking, but also have to focus on driving. Yeah, so it's harder for you. me out a little bit. It's harder for you. And so I would not say that the drive there, it was it was very stunning, but I was also recovering from being very sick. And so I had also taken Dramamine. I slept for some of it, but staying in Cafeyete, going to Piatelli and El Esteco, the wineries in Cafeyete, beautiful, gorgeous wineries. So stunning to visit. They're some of the highest wineries in the world, elevation wise. Um, the only ones higher are the ones that we, that are in Tilcara that we went to later on, on the trip. Um, and so being there and just experiencing like the views of these gorgeous mountains, but the drive on the way back, cause I was feeling much better. The kids were with us, um, leaving Cafayette immediately driving out of town. You're in these gorgeous rock formations and there's tons of hiking there, which we did not do. Um, but there are some great hikes that you can do there, but just, we kept stopping. We kept like driving 10 minutes and then seeing this epic viewpoint. Let's stop. Let's take pictures. Let's get out. Let's have fun. So we did that all the way back to Salta um, City. And that was just such an epic day for me because I felt like just so happy to be there. You know, like my soul was glowing. The kids thought it was fun to do like bringing back the e-pop, which yeah, we used we to did, do. Yeah, we didn't. We did an e-pop pose. Yeah, a um, few of them. Yeah, and just like it, there weren't many people there. It's not highly touristed. So like we'd stop and like Hattie and I took a picture of us walking in the middle of the road, like with all these red mountains around us, just like so epic, feeling free, feeling like loved and like all these dopamine rushes of being there with our family and just like having this amazing time. Heather was glowing in Cafayete <laughs> to the point we were staying on a wine and golf resort in a, in a really, really beautiful Airbnb, but it's about one tenth of the way finished. <laughs> and it was a point I'm always the one who wants to move everywhere and live everywhere. She kept talking about how much she loved Cafayete where, while we were there. And she's like, well, I mean, I would, move here well not permanently and i'm like, like we're I, in the middle of I, nowhere in the <laughs> middle of nowhere argentina nothing around and she loves it so much that she's I, well i mean i might have a house here and come here yeah, and i, I just move there I'm, full time that's just me though that, yeah. that's how i get with places and you never get that when i you just say, fell in oh, love with it because you just fell in love with this felt, rural yeah desert one-tenth built Golf and wine. <laughs> well, because resort. first of all, they're building these new homes and the homes are gorgeous. And the Airbnb that we stayed in was beautifully decorated. The landscaping was gorgeous. Um, and it was $135 a night. It was very inexpensive for this beautiful two bedroom. No pool. No pool. That's my, if, okay. if we're buying, if we're building there, I'm putting in a pool. Sure. They have pools there. We didn't stay at one with a pool, but it was beautiful. And so I know that all the other homes, cause they're like packages are all going to be that beautiful. And to me, it just felt like kind of off the beaten path. Now, people know about it. Tourists go there. Condé Nast did an no, article about it. It's off the beaten path. But it's off the it beaten path. The it's beaten not path. like going to Mendoza. It's, no. It's just felt like such an adventure and so cool. And I didn't really know about it. Our friend Issa was like, you've got to go to Cafeyete. And I'm like, yeah, Issa, you live here. Your family's from Salta, so I'm going to trust your opinion. And it just felt like this inside secret, like that nobody else knows about or goes to. And we didn't even do this, but there were like quite a few really, really good restaurants in the town of Cafeyete. 
that are like gourmet restaurants. So they have a decent scene there because it is well established for other, like a lot of Europeans, I think, go there. So anyway, I loved Cafe Ede. I loved the drive getting there, even though it was windy. Um, it was just stunning. Yeah, I think interestingly enough, I, I'm wondering one of the reasons I think you liked it so much and you liked that part of the trip so much is that I didn't do any planning of it and you did. And I know this happens with me when I pl like plan and look and research and get hyped up about something. Yeah, that's true. And then it's, it meets that expectation or exceeds it. I get even more excited about that place. And I think for you, you don't typically... I mean, we both do planning, but this was almost this this part of the trip the for sure trip. was all you. So I didn't know what to expect, and so I I liked it. I think there's a part of that too. Sometimes you don't know what to expect, and something is is really incredible. But I feel that if you plan something, I have high hopes for, it, and it is as good as it as you hope for. It it bumps it up a bit because you're like, man, this is I. You, you just know you've been thinking about it, you've mm -hmm. been dreaming about it, and then it. In fruition, it comes to fruition. I think there's some of that with Cafeete. Not to denigrate it or say it wasn't awesome. I thought it was it cool was awesome. too. But I think you were really looking forward to that and it was better even than you expected, which yeah. is great. All right. I think what we should do is save your number one. Okay. Yeah. We'll save Let it. Let me pop into some of yeah. mine and we'll do our number ones together then. Okay. So you need to do your number five, four, and three. I need, exactly. My number five is interesting. I can only imagine. This was our best travel year that we've had in a long, long time. I think that theme has emerged for me as we've gone through this year in review. We traveled more. You did more miles. We did a few more of travel days. We had, I would say, more unique experiences and also you know, more accommodations to choose from. And when I thought about it, more experiences to choose from. Just a lot of really cool, interesting, unique things that happened. And so when I am making this list, I loved your your quote of, you know, my soul is basking in the glow of the golden hour. I thought of it as what are the things that I will never forget? Mm -hmm. Sure. And number five happened right outside our front door. And that's oh, why this was interesting. Okay. So there was a day in, I believe, November. And we had, this is before we went to Argentina. We hadn't traveled for a little bit. And it was a, the kids went to school. Uh, I have it on my, on my Instagram. I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. You had just gotten your new paddleboard. The sea was calm. Okay. And we we're like, let's go out paddleboarding together. And it was 10 a.m., and this just encapsulates perfectly to me the lifestyle that we've tried to build or, and have built and what we teach at Location Indie of time freedom, financial freedom, and location freedom. So location freedom, we're living here at the beach, something that we've always wanted to do all our lives, even before we knew each other, and now we get to. And we don't take it for granted, but you know, when you do live somewhere, it becomes normalized to a bit. And so this was cool because it was like, we're going out, it's the middle of the day on a weekday and we're going paddleboarding and look at the ocean. It's so calm. Location freedom, time freedom, middle of the day. We don't have to be at work. We drop the kids off at school. Let's just go out. We can paddleboard for as long as we want. And then the financial freedom piece of just 
wrapping that all together of, you know, I bought you uh, the paddleboard that you wanted. My dream paddleboard. For your birthday. And just having the, the, the ability to do that with financial freedom also because we have our own businesses that lends itself to the time and location freedom. So we can afford to live here at the beach and we can spend the time doing it. And so we went out, we went paddleboarding. You know, the water was pretty cold, um, but not cold enough to be in wetsuits at this point, yeah, right? No, we weren't. I uh, mean, I also didn't fall off. <laughs> you didn't fall off. I, I don't, I don't, no, I didn't, didn't fall either. off either, no. but we were out paddleboarding and then we go around this pier and we're just paddleboarding and we had seen, we had already saw dolphins yep. out there a little bit, not, not super close to us, but we had saw dolphins. We're like, this is amazing. And then I look down as we're turning around to go back home and I'm like, what, is that a big leaf? And it's a stingray. I'm like, Heth, Heth, this is crazy. Like there's a stingray down here and there's another one. And then you look down and you're like, whoa, wait, I am in a, oh, not a school of stingray. What's it it called? called? I'll have to pull up a group of stingrays. I had to look it up and now I can't remember what it was. But flock? Not a flock, not a flock. I'll get to it. But we're paddle boarding and you're like, you got to come up here. We are in the, uh, there's stingrays all over. And, um, yeah, a fever, a, a fever, fever of 30 stingrays. So Called we see this fever. pot of dolphins. I come up and there, there's just stingrays all around all us around on us. these paddle boards. It's kind and we, of disconcerting, right? Because like you don't want to fall into a fever yeah. of stingray. <laughs> I've never even seen one stingray out there. And, you know, that was right and as we were... By the way, not that far offshore, people. This is why the ocean freaks me out. <laughs> it, it didn't freak me out at all. I mean, I didn't want to fall into them necessarily, but, you know, and then they they all, they disappear. They, you know, it's crazy. They're all there and then all of a sudden they're gone. They dive like deeper. deeper. You can't see them. They're the same color as the water, basically. And that was just That's this- That's true. I forgot perfect, about this day. like two hour yeah. encapsulation of everything that when we build our businesses, we dreamed of. Man, if we could do anything during a day, this is, this is it. And that was- today yeah it was only a part of it it was two hours of the day yeah so paddle boarding wow. and then getting to see that fever do, of stingrays i do love that new paddle board and if anybody's looking for a pretty expensive but beautiful paddle board isle i-s-l-e makes gorgeous durable and beautifully designed paddle boards and that is what trav got me my dream yep. paddle board her dream paddle board um i it's funny that i started this by saying these things that you will never forget but i couldn't remember it was a fever <laughs> a of fever. stingray so. well you remember the stingray. I remember the stingray. Okay. You're number four. My number four. My my next two happen in the same country in different cities. Okay. Number four. Let me set the oh, this scene. This must be Bulgaria. That's my this guess. In Bulgaria. Okay. My number four. We go to this town called Borovitz. It is a <laughs> wild. Is a funky town. Old Soviet ski town. And just... We had come from Bonsko and Bonsko's all built up and known now. And a digital nomad hotspot. Digital nomad hotspot. Nomad Fest is there. Nomad Fest is there. And especially in Bonsko, right by the gondola and where you go up to ski, it's all new buildings and they all made to look like these incredible chalets. And Borovitz is the opposite. (laughs) It is just like little shacks on the side of the path that go up to the mountain where you can eat food. And, you know, it shuts down after the ski season. So it's not a year round town or anything like that. And there's this massive old Soviet hotel right in the center of town. 
and we weren't staying there. Ugly. Yeah, I the mean, exterior, I, but it's nice inside, yeah, I guess. We weren't staying there, but I thought I gotta walk in here and see what's going on. And so I walk in, and I'm like, "What's happening here? What's going on?" And walking through, and it, again, everyone who's staying there is is local. Like it's not, I don't for tourists, it's all you know, not local to Borovitz, but it's all Bulgarians or. Russians or you know whatever people from that area it's not for English-speaking tourists but they're super nice I'm just can I look around they're like sure and I'm walking through and there is a sign that just says gun range and like <laughs> a neon arrow I'm like what so I go back and I, I look at the they have an area where they have like ping pong tables and a bowling alley and all that stuff bowling will come in in a minute but I'm like gun range and I go in and there's this guy sitting there and it's not a full-on gun range. I think it's like a 100-meter gun range or a 100-foot gun range. So you shoot these pellet guns, but it, it's target shooting. And he's sitting in there, and he has like a tiny TV on the wall. So, so An old-school like tube TV. Yeah, like placed up against the wall, and it's playing like Bulgarian game shows and music videos, <laughs> but they're in English, but really bad English. And... You know, it's just fluorescent tube lighting in this, like, imagine a small, Super tiny small conference room. room. Yeah. And he has his little gun range set up there. And I think five or six people can shoot at once and no one's in there. And he's like, starts talking to me. I'm like, you know, can we come back? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on back. I'm open to this time. So I go and I wrangle up the group. But of, this was like the last night he la was going to be there. It was like the, the last year. night for the year because he was shutting down. He's like, I stay here. And I stay in the, I, I live in this town and I have this open during the season when people are here and he's like an entrepreneur. So he sets it up and he rents the room. He told me how much he paid. He's like, it's crazy. I rent this room for like 30,000 US dollars a season. Um, and then- Was it that much? Yeah, it was something like 20,000. Uh, oh, I was shocked. Yeah. And I'm like, how are you making money? But, you know, I guess this gets pretty popular. Like yeah. people come in and they want to do this. It's just an activity after they're done skiing or if it's a rainy day or whatever. And um, yeah, so I go and get the group of people that were with them. Like, you guys got to come into this hotel. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing. We're doing a group activity. Will you come with me? And they're all like, what could he we possibly be doing in this town? It's a <laughs> tiny town. So funny. And I walk him to this hotel and we're tromping in. Like, you know, here we are, 12 English-speaking tourists on one of the last days of ski season, tromping in this hotel, and we go to the gun range. The guy is so happy that so I happy. brought people. He's telling us, I was the 1982 and 1985 European shooting champion, and he's giving us all these Didn't tips. Did he go to the Olympics? Was there an Olympic mention or uh, something? Maybe the Olympics. He was the European champ. All this he's giving us... Um, He's, he's giving us, he's like, all right, this is how you breathe it. Like take a breath before, have your finger lightly on the trigger. Don't pull back, just lightly touch it. So he's giving us, all, he's teaching us how to shoot. So it's cute. awesome. He's having so much fun. We're having so much fun. So we all line up, you know, again, I think five or six people can shoot at once. So it's a, you know, we're having a competition. Yeah. So the first six people go, you know, you just hear, ting, ting, <laughs> ting, you know, from people shooting these little pellets. And then, and you, you have a, you hit a button and it's like, it like the 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 target comes close yeah, to you on like a piece like of paper, a yeah. piece of paper, but it comes close to you on a on a, on like a metal string thing, so you can see where you hit, and then you hit it, and it goes back. It's a cool system. Like yeah. I, I just you know, I'm sure people who regularly target shoot have seen this before, but to me, it was just really neat. And uh, you know, he's to everyone. He's saying, very good, 
incredible. He You've never so done this before. So you are kind. all incredible. Yeah. And so, you know, Jason from Zero Travel um, set up the thing. And so everyone else had gone and we were the only two people left. So we were like, all right, we're having a competition here because we always like to compete in like ski ball and bowling and things like that. And so, you know, we're, he's, he's giving us both tips at each time. And there's only two of us left to shoot. And we're having this 10 shot shoot off and um yeah it was it, jason did beat me by one point um but the guy was so incredible he was such a nice guy he was so happy to have us there and you know he was telling us his life story and he lived in town it was one of those experiences where we very easily if i had pushed oh, it but we had something to do it. that day yeah well no but very easily if i had wanted to like he would have invited us back to his oh, house oh, and had sorry. a big dinner yeah. i'm sure with him and his wife but i we had something to do that night we didn't push it but that will always live in my memory i have it on my wall uh, i want to get it framed my little target and he wrote next to it like very good job and yeah. my score and all this kind of stuff so so nice yeah just, that was a really fun experience and that is i can almost guarantee you not happening in a u.s hotel um so the it, it's just a, such a an old soviet type thing to do and it, it took us back like you felt like you were in 1985 yeah with this guy when when we were during doing the that. cold so, war yeah anyway, during, well yeah. i guess not during they yeah, wouldn't you let would, us in there during the cold there. war you but, would not have been there but i did feel like stepping back in time and now i know what your other other my, part of this so, so this is still your number four that was my number four my number three okay so you did put them in two separate things two separate things my number three is a bowling alley yes. in Bonsko. I had forgotten about this. Bulk area, crazy cheap. So for example, us doing that shooting thing, like $1 a person. There's a bowling alley in Bonsko and we're like, let's go bowling. You know, we, we've done a day at the slopes, not much to do. It was Tim's birthday. Yeah, we're like, let's, let's all go bowling. Bowl. For whatever reason, the bowling alley, I, I kept thinking, am I doing this, this wrong, this conversion? The bowling alley was $10 per person per game mind you a lift ticket to go up the mountain <laughs> is $15 so we're like what I still to this day don't know why bowling and and we almost were like should we not do it and then we're like well we're in Bonsco it's Tim's birthday let's go bowling $10 isn't we can all afford it so we went and we we, we bowled I think a game or two each and there's a big group of us maybe 20 of us but interesting was it in, more interesting was that there was a ping pong table in the back of this bowling alley. They also had like other little arcade games and stuff. <clears throat> and I grew up playing ping pong and I grew up more importantly and more interestingly enough playing a game that we invented called Crazy Pong. Crazy Pong allows as many people as you want to play ping pong. And we used to play this in my buddy Mike's basement and we would play this and introduce probably a hundred people over the years to this game of crazy pong, like friends that would come in randomly. And um, essentially what it is, is I'm going to try to explain it quickly. Then you jump in here if, mm -hmm. if you need to, if I'm going too long, but let's say you have 10 people. You each have a number and the first person serves very lightly to the per to the number two who's across the table, but you don't hit it right away. You have to let it hit the floor once. So you need a special surface to play crazy pong. You need a floor where a ball will bounce up. Just so happened, this was a concrete floor in the bowling eye. Perfect for a ping pong ball to bounce up. So it bounces up once and then that person, whoever's number two, hits it anywhere on the table. It just has to hit the top of the table. 
and then it, but it could hit a hundred times. It always has to hit the ground first. It has to hit the ground first, then that person hits it and it hits the table. But you can play off anything. Yeah, you can and hit you it move off around the, the table. Yeah, you can hit it off the wall and back on the table. You can hit it against the net and bounce it so you don't have to hit it on the other side of the table. It can hit anywhere on the table and then it has to roll off the table or bounce off the table, bounce on the ground, and then number and three hits it. And they hit it back on the table and then it bounces on the ground and then number four so hits like it. it's like a rotating, each person takes a turn in a rotating. Yeah. and there's one rule that would exclude it from hitting on the ground and that is that you can try to hit another person right. with the ping pong right if you don't want to hit it back on the table and someone's standing near you it bounces on the ground you can hit it at them and if you hit them with the ball they get a point you don't want points when you have five points you are out and so it'll go from 10 people to nine to eight to seven to six to five you know until there's two people left and then one person wins whoever doesn't get to five points so it's pretty easy it's, to teach. It is very easy to teach. And, and when you're playing it, it's you get it pretty quickly. Yes, yes. It sounds a little confusing to hear somebody explain it, but we played it. And, and I have known Travis for 20 years. Ever since I've known him, he's played Crazy Pong whenever we go back to the area that we- Yeah, you know, Philadelphia area. Philadelphia area. I have never played Crazy Pong because at- home this is something that trav does with his like group of high school friends and it's like yeah sure go have your crazy pong time in the basement um this is the first time i've ever played crazy pong in bulgaria with this group of people and it was so much fun everybody like we stayed there for like three more hours just playing crazy pong yeah because you rented the table by the hour and the ping pong table was like one dollar <laughs> so they bought like super expensive ping pong table one dollar we asked them like can we have more paddles they gave us all the paddles they had which was like eight or ten and they were just watching us play no one else has ever played except me so i explained it and everyone I mean, had so was much like, fun. How is this not a thing? <laughs> yeah, you like, should make it a thing. Talk, you're like, an entrepreneur. How is this not seriously a thing? Everyone says to me, "How did? How is this not on YouTube? How is this not like a game, like a spike ball game, where it just becomes a craze?" Because I have never had a single human play crazy pong and not absolutely fall in love with the game. And, you know, had YouTube been around when I was in high school playing this, I'm sure we would have set cameras up. We would have put it up. It's not too late, Trav. Had a, had a league. It's not too yeah, late. Yeah, we move a little slower now, but maybe <laughs> that makes it more fun. I mean, it's, and you can play it anywhere as long as the ball can bounce. We've played it in open gymnasiums where it's wild because it's so open. We've played it in super tight quarters where you're uh, running into walls and, and, you know, having to watch out for poles. So, and so we played it in this bowling alley for three hours Everyone loved it. Everyone was like, this is one of my best experiences of the year. And so for me to bring Crazy Pong to other people, but to do it in a weird, <laughs> dimly lit bowling alley in Bonsko, Bulgaria, took it to a complete another level. We took a video. I sent it to my friends at home. I said, I have now played, I, I have a group of people from all over the world playing Crazy Pong in Again, a dimly lit bowling alley in Bonsko and everyone loves it. And they just, they, they thought it was the best too. I so. understand why that would make your top experiences because yeah. that was very fun. Just so special. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, those are my two Bulgarian experiences. Okay. So that's why skiing wasn't on my list because these memories were like. Those are some core memories, core memories made. Nothing I ever thought would happen. My number two is Camp Indy. Okay. So. Camp Indy. Oh, yeah, and I don't have Camp Indy on my list. That's right. Camp Indy is the adult summer camp that we run. It's a summer camping conference for entrepreneurs and travelers who want to lead a 
a lifestyle of freedom. And so we held this again in June of 2023. We had 125 people there. Um, I, I won't even go into too much detail, but you know, we went from doing incredible deep inner work, breath work sessions with my buddy Jacob and just opening us up and, 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 you know, allowing people to like love on each other and share stuff that maybe they've never even shared to, to anyone else. And just having that depth of relationship to also having incredible nineties dance parties where people are dressing up as Kelly and Zach from saved by the bell and Wayne and Garth. Hammer. Yeah. MC hammer, MC Wayne and hammer Garth. Um, and then, you know, wakeboarding the next day and uh, having incredible meals with each other and then getting to listen to speakers who are crazy inspiring. I mean, it is everything that I want. And when Jason and I set out to build this experience, we knew we wanted to do a conference, but we wanted to be as far from a boring conference as possible. And we did that. And this year of 2023 encapsulated it. And really quick backstory, I thought it was going to be the last year we were going to do it. Because, you know, I, I have to pay the, the, the resort, the camp that we rent out $75,000 just to hold our, our weekend. And uh, that's a big financial commitment. And we didn't get enough people this in 2023 to go to it to, to make it worth it for us financially, right? I'm like, I can't spend four or five months playing this to, to, to break even, even though there's nothing I would rather do. And so I thought it was going to be the last year. Everyone had such an epic time that we had 105 paying members in 2023. I opened ticket sales up for the next year to, to say, if we're going to do it, for 24. you guys have to buy tickets. And if not, then we just won't do it. But we have to sell 80 tickets for me to feel comfortable leading into 2024. And we sold 145 tickets in one week right after camp because everyone told their friends, everyone who went basically yeah, bought that's a ticket. more people than came more people than came that year. Yeah. We saw those tickets. We have sold now a hundred and I think 70 tickets. We opened up one other little time and uh, we're capped at 200. So we're probably going to, we will sell out this next year in 2024. If you're listening to this and you, and you want to check it out, it is open camp You can check it out. Um, it, 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 I can guarantee it will be one of the best experiences of your year. It was so amazing. And it, I didn't put it on my best experiences list because I was thinking more like travel related stuff, but I did have it on our podcast as the most unexpected thing in a good way that happened to me in 2023 because I did not have high expectations of camp. It's not my like typical choice. Jam. It's not like I would never choose to go to an adult summer camp, but of course Travis is running it. I didn't go the first year um, because we were moving and with the kids. And then I, I went last year like to support Trav and to see it in action. And it blew me away. The whole experience was incredible. The people that are there are so welcoming. Everybody kept saying to me, like, I've never felt so accepted in my life than I have at this camp and with like such like-minded people. And I, I felt like that was such an amazing thing for people to say and to feel and there's just so much like great energy there I was I was blown away if you are someone who loves traveling and wants to make it a bigger part of your life and you want to build a lifestyle uh, that allows you to do that and you you know your normal group of friends and family might not get that might not understand you come to camp and every single person there will understand you right away and they will help you make that goal a reality and I, I truly see this as one of my legacy projects and I'm so glad we're doing it again. And I think the momentum we got from 2023 
I see this as a 10 year project of like, all right, we're going to do 10 years of this. And I, I think we may outgrow. I mean, we're capped at 200 really at the camp that we're at, which is an incredible space. I would love to keep going there. Maybe, maybe we keep it at 200 and that's it. Or, or maybe we go bigger. But if, if you feel, if when I said that you feel like this is, this is, I want to check this out, go check out campindy.com. Send us an Instagram message. If you have any uh, questions about it, but really, uh, we will sell out of tickets the next time we, we, we announce it to the public. So if you want in, um, you could buy your ticket right there today and, and lock in that spot. But it, uh, I cannot wait for 2024 and 2023. I knew it was going to be epic. It, like you said, it, I'll, I'll leave it with this. The people who had come the first year we did it said, I came back because 2021 was a 10 out of 10. And someone said this to me, 2021 was a 10 out of 10. I didn't think it could get any better. This is five levels above that. There is no way for me to describe how incredible camp was. And I was like, whoa, that that's amazing. the world to me. So uh, yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it. Camp Indie. Um, camp Indie. Camp Indie, dot com. All one word. Check it out if, you, if you're interested in coming. Um, all right, you're number one. So my number one, as as I said, is in Argentina, and it is Mendoza. Okay. Just the region or no, a day or day. an experience? The day. I mean, the region of Mendoza, it's the wine region, the most well-known wine region where Malbecs are from, which Malbec, I learned, actually was a French grape, is a French grape that was brought into Argentina. Um, but I feel like most people think... You know, they associate Malbec with Argentina and it is, I guess, probably their most popular um, type of wine. So Mendoza is popular for a very good reason. It's at the foot of the Andes Mountains, which are absolutely stunning. I mean, we were there in December and there were still some snow-capped mountains. Um, I don't know if in yeah, January, December being and summer yeah, being yep. the beginning of summer. So I think January, February, there might not be snow still, but to see the snow on the mountains to be in the valley to be drinking at to be drinking wine at like gorgeous gorgeous wineries i mean all of the wineries are in beautiful buildings and have gourmet lunches and are just so aesthetically pleasing yeah it's as bougie as you could imagine uh, yeah, in a I've, great in a good way yeah and i mean like i love napa don't get me wrong like being in calistoga being in sonoma that was epic. But I have to say Mendoza with the view of those mountains. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you just can't snow compare. Snow-capped mountains you're not competing with if you're in Napa. Napa's no, cool. It's, it's beautiful. And they have some smaller, you know, dry yellow mountains. Like very arid there. It's beautiful. But it's not the Andes. No, it's not Mendoza. It's not Mendoza. And so, you know, we were there for four nights. And um, we stayed in Tupangato in the Uca Valley, which is the southernmost part of Mendoza. So you, we flew into Mendoza and you can, you can stay in Mendoza city. Um, great mall in Mendoza. <laughs> we went to a mall can I, there. can I just, this is an experience <laughs> and everyone makes fun of me for this. This will be a one minute encapsulation of this. Yep. We asked the person who gave us the car rental where we should go for lunch. It was easy with the kids. She gave us the name of this restaurant. We were driving. It just so happened to be in a mall, right? So we walk into this mall. It's, awesome because it's super clean, really nice. And it's Christmas time. And we mentioned not a lot of Christmas lights out, stuff like that in Argentina, but the mall 
brought back memories of Christmas because it was more decorated. There was Christmas trees mm-hmm. in it and things like yeah. that. So yes. I will it felt do festive. everything to stay away from a mall normally. This was just nice. It was fun. To walk in the mall, festive. And then there was an arcade there. It was 20, it was like 20 cents a game. So the kids, we took them to the arcade. There was a food court. We they got, got the food they wanted. They wanted a hot dog. They got literally a one foot long, two one foot long hot dogs. We got a really good lunch. So I, that's my one minute, not on my list, but probably the most unexpected thing. If we, if, if I put, I should put that on my most unexpected thing during our superlatives episode, mm-hmm. being and really loving the Mendoza mall. Yeah. There you go. Most unexpected. Good ice cream shop. Um, yeah. So we stayed in Tupangato, which is in the Uco Valley. Um, so that's, there's three regions south of Mendoza where there's like all the wineries. The Uco Valley is the southernmost region. So it's an hour and a half south. But this is where Zuccardi, where um, Salentine, Salentine. These are like two of the biggest wineries in Argentina. Um, our, our favorite dom- domain, Bosquet. So that's why I chose the region. I read some blogs, and they were like, "Oh, stay in the Uco Valley, stay in Tupangato." So we got an Airbnb there. The Airbnb was was good. It was rustic, a little more rustic than I had a pool. Had imagined, but pool it had a cold. pool. The pool is clutch with with the kids, especially. Um, but yeah, it's also closest. I think the best views of the Andes Mountains. I think that's okay. what somebody said. That's what a blogger said. So that's why I was like, "Okay, we're going if with." A blogger says it, it's true. Um. We were going with Trav's parents. I wanted them to, because they didn't go to Cafeete with us because um, Trav's mom was finishing up her field hockey tournament. And so I was like, we're going to the Andes Mountains. I want to have like a great time. I want to be able to see the mountains. I want to be able to enjoy this area with Trav's parents. And so the specific day that we had there was the day that Travis and I were able to do a wine tasting on our own because his parents watched the kids. Um, and we went to Salentine. And this is, uh, we won't ruin this because this is on the best meals podcast mm-hmm. or best drinks or both. Both, I yeah. think. I don't know. But we had an amazing meal, like a six course tasting menu with wine pairings. And it was just like so enjoyable. And the restaurant is very beautiful and fancy. And you just like are looking out at the snow capped mountains of the Andes drinking a delicious assortment of wines. So we had that experience. And then we drove back to. And this was like a three-hour lunch. Like, we were there for, like, yeah. a Didn't long time. feel like that, but it yeah. was. It was a long time. And then, you know, we drive back to our Airbnb, and I had scheduled uh, horseback riding for us, for all of us, with the kids and with <sighs> Trav's parents. And I had done it through our Airbnb host. I said, you know, we really want to try horseback riding. Do you know anybody that could set up horseback riding for us? And she was like, oh, yeah, I ha- here's this person, right? So she's like, message him on WhatsApp. So I'm sending him WhatsApp messages. He only speaks Spanish. I only speak English. So I'm using Google Translate throughout the week to set up a time where we can go horseback riding. So the time was at 6 p.m. on this day that Trev and I had our very boozy lunch at the winery. And then we're like packing up, changing our clothes from like, you know, I was wearing a nice dress and Trev was wearing nice clothes threw on leggings, go to meet this person at his ranch in the foothills of the Andes. We had to drive right back by the winery. We should have planned that better, but yes. Yeah. We go to this guy's ranch and he's sitting outside and he has a little motorbike and he's just taking us through, you know, it was a pretty long drive down this dirt road until we got to his house and there are all the horses and he's got four dogs and 10 horses. Yeah. His house is the only thing you can see for miles around other than 
the mountains and a bunch of cacti. And it was just so cool because he took us into his home <laughs> to show us. And, you know, Trav's dad speaks more Spanish than us. So he's like conversing with him and, you know, just finding out a little bit about this man. And he's just like, I don't know, maybe 50 years old and, and he's very tan and like just looks like he 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 lives told on us later that he is a park ranger for the, yes. the national park there, and then he just does horseback <clears throat> riding stuff on the weekends and at night. He showed us something in his house. I was kind of tracking with this a little bit. Something about his great grandfather. There's a picture of his great grandfather with George Bush and Walt Disney and Walt Disney, and he said <laughs> that something like his great grandfather's farm. Uh, Walt Disney visited. I don't know why, but that Pluto, the character, was based on a dog that his great that his <laughs> grandfather had. And I'm like, Who okay, knows? okay. I, I couldn't I get mean, the whole story because again, he didn't speak English, so my lost Spanish in is just a okay. And uh, I, but I did understand that enough, and he showed yeah. us the article, and there's his grandfather w- with Walt so Disney. So wild. So somehow this guy. Is, Family is some weird minor <laughs> celebrity somehow. Who knows? And you know, he's, oh, you want a cowboy hat? You want to, you know, here you go, like to protect your son. So anyway, we get on these horses and Wit wanted to ride on his own. And that's our son who's he's six. six. And I was just really surprised that he was like, not at all scared or afraid to climb on the back of a large horse of which he's never done before. And he was like, very excited for it. I was really impressed with his bravery in doing that because, you know, horses are big and he'd never been on one before. And then our daughter, who's four, of course, wanted to be on her own horse. But we were like, no. Well, and this guy was super nice, but he wasn't really... I mean, he was helpful, but he wasn't really worried about them on a horse no, as much as we were. No, he didn't give us so any just, instruction. No, he just went ahead and then we all followed kind of in a line. And then, you know, Wits on the horse by himself. And there are times he couldn't even kick the horse really... Uh, the, the guy later told us move. the horse wouldn't move because the kid's on it. He knows it's a kid. So he's not like not listening to the kid basically. Yeah. You know, um, so, but he did the whole, the whole two and a half hour ride, yeah. except for the last five minutes on his own, which so to incredible. me was like the horse would start cantering with him on it. And he'd be like, whoa, whoa. And he'd be like, the horse would be running a little bit. And yeah. He, and but he never got too scared that he didn't want to do it. He, he, it would settle down. He, and we're like, good job. But he's like, oh, okay, I got this. And yeah, and I think by the end, he was just actually physically tired because we were meant to only do 45 minutes and, yeah, and it ended up being for like two hours, two, two hours. hours. But it was so magical because, you know, here we are on horseback. We started at six. So we're coming back right at golden hour. So the sun is setting against the Andes Mountains. The light is golden. <laughs> Seems to be a theme of this podcast. And just to be out there, there's no one else around. There's not another human that we saw. There's not another house that we saw. We're just like going through this valley, staring at the mountains and on the back of a horse. It was just such an experience that I will always remember. And I'm sure that the kids, especially Wit, will always remember his first horseback riding experience being at the foothills of the Andes Mountains in Mendoza. I can't even think of a more epic adventure. I would say that I will also never forget it, but I did because <laughs> I didn't even put it on my <laughs> yeah. list and it was one month ago. But that was an incredible day. I didn't make the connection that the that that was the same day. You're right. That if I'm if I'm encapsulating one day in Mendoza down or w- one day even outside of Buenos Aires down, it's it's that one. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was wine, horseback riding, nature, absolutely perfect. Yeah, my number one. 
my number one is a full day as well. And um, you should, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should follow us just for this because I will try to keep this short. But I also explained this in an Instagram post of why this day was maybe the best travel day I've ever had in my life. And it started with my bike getting stolen. So Heather mentioned that we were in Buenos Aires on our own, staying at a hotel without the kids for two nights. And the one night I get a call and this is happening. I get, I get this call at 1130 at night when we're at this bar and it's telling me that it's, it's the person at the front desk or no, what, sorry, it wasn't a call. It was a WhatsApp message. I'm like, uh, did you have a bike? Did you ever rent that bike? And I said, yeah. Did you park outside the hotel? Yeah. Uh, it's not here anymore. And the police are here. And so I went back at 11:30 PM and I talked to the police about my stolen bike and I'm like, okay, this is not cool. And that was, you know, the night before. So Heather stays out at this bar with a friend. But technically it was the same day because it was past midnight. Well, okay. Uh, when I was talking <laughs> to the police, probably past midnight. So, you know, we go to bed and I wake up the next morning and I think, all right, I kind of have three options here. One, I, cause they're like, you have to go down police report, police station, make a report. So it was like, one, I can be pissed off and, um, and go down, police. you know, I, well, I could be pissed off and then I can go down to the police station and take a bunch of hours making this report and probably not get my money back anyway, but, but maybe, um, two, I if I have that police report, then I can spend hours at, at home, right? Um, dealing with dealing with issue. it with my credit yeah. card company and trying because I have a police report. Maybe getting this back, or I could just say, "Forget it. It happened. It's 150 bucks," and just go about my day and 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 not worry about it. And typically, in the past, I've been very scarcity mindset around money. And this time I was just like, listen, we have one day in Buenos Aires here and I, I'm not going to waste it. So I was like, I'm going to willingly pay $150 for this bike, whatever. Yeah, this is I, a huge mind shift, mental shift yeah, for you. I got to use the bike yesterday. I got to have an incredible time. My self-guided gelato tour the day before with this bike. I had an incredible time biking through Buenos Aires. 150 bucks for that experience, basically. You know, So I say, forget it. I'm just going to no big deal. And I go and I'm waiting for the bike place to open. So I'm just floating in the pool again, enjoying it. Like go swim in the pool, have a good time, float in this pool, go to the bike shop. The guy who rented me the bike, great dude, uh, called the sommelier of bikes. Uh, so he has a bike <laughs> shop and a wine shop. And I go and I show him the cut lock and he's just like, uh, and you know, I could have maybe negotiated with him. And I was just like, you know, what do I owe you, man? I'm sorry. You know, what, what do you have to do to replace his bike? He said 150 bucks. And I said, okay, fine. You know, and he, I think he was like pretty surprised that I was just like, here you go. You know, he's like, I'm really sorry. I was like, not your fault. You know, this happens, whatever. It's parked outside my hotel. I did everything I could. I wasn't being stupid about it. He knew that. Um, and you know, we're just chatting it up. He's, again, be, our conversation was so different because I wasn't being confrontational. Yeah. And you know, as I'm walking out, he's like, well, when are you leaving? And I said, well, I'm leaving today. I'm going to go take the ferry over to Uruguay tonight. And he comes over and he hands me this bottle of wine and it's his wine, right? Branded to him. It's like, take this bottle of wine. And I'm like, awesome. So I got a $150 bottle of wine. So we still have it here at the house. So I tell <laughs> Heather, like, we're going to crack open the $150 bottle of wine <laughs> at some point. Um, and so then I go and one of the things that I want to do around the world is I like to get freshies. Freshie is a straight razor shave. Coined by, by me. By yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, other people don't call it freshie. <laughs> I call it getting a freshie and I've gotten freshies at different countries around the world. Haven't done it since the pandemic. And I'm like, I got to go get a freshie. And I, I, my dad was in town. I'm like, dad, we, you, would you want to have this experience with me? And he's like, yeah. 
And so we find the oldest barbershop in Buenos Aires and we call them up and we make a reservation and we go and we get dropped off by the taxi and we're there and we're standing outside and the gate is down like to the shop, like, you know, the roll down metal gate. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? And we were just going to leave. We're like, well, obviously it's not open. It must've been lost in translation. And then a lady comes and starts talking to us like in Spanish and we're talking to her. Luckily she held us up for five minutes because at that point, then someone comes out on a balcony and says, oh, hello, hello, hello. And they're like waves to us. And we had to go up to the second floor, but we didn't know. And we didn't know where the stairs were. So we go up and we go in this barbershop and this guy looks exactly like Kenny Rogers. And he <laughs> is a character. He is dressed to the nines. He has on like almost like a tuxedo suit. We go in. This barbershop is super old school. Really cool. Just him. And he shaves my dad. He gives me a shave. He gives my dad a haircut. He gives me a haircut. really sharp. Yeah, it took us, you know, probably about an hour each person. And he speaks no English. My dad speaks a little bit of Spanish. I speak a little bit of Spanish. So we just ask him questions. There's a picture of him with Diego Maradona, if you know him. Super uh, famous Argentinian soccer player. So we're talking about that. And anyway, incredible experience in its own right. Would have been on my list no matter what. Because I got to share that with my dad. Then he's like do you want to have a tour? So he starts giving us a tour of his barber museum. <laughs> and he like opens up a trap door behind where we had just been sitting that opens up to like another side of the barbershop that we didn't even know was there because it was just behind a wall. And he's telling us like, these are the old chairs when this used to have six barbers. Here's where they used to be, all this kind of stuff. We're like, oh, this is awesome. And then he's like, come around here. And he opens up another trap door and he leads us into like a barbershop museum. And he's telling us this story. Again, my dad and I are getting like every third word, but understanding enough, he's telling us about how back in the day when uh, when the mob used to come to this barbershop and like stuff <laughs> was mob. illegal, like it was a speakeasy. Okay. And he's like, you had to dial on this telephone. You had to dial this number. And he tells my dad, dial this number, go in here. And we dial this number. And this... And at that point, a bar flips down from the wall. So it was like oh this number gosh. that you would dial yeah. if the cops were coming to hide all the stuff in this room. Wild. And we're like, okay. That is and so then he's cool. then he's like, sit down here. And he dials this other number and a gun pops out. And it was a and he's like, he's like, this is what would have to happen. Like, you know, like if if the mob was here. Mm -hmm. Like, but it was a fake gun. Like he pulls this fake gun on yeah. us and, and we're like, okay. And then he goes, dial another number. We dial another number. And this other door opens. It's a trap door. Oh my and we go gosh. Back like in. a labyrinth. Yeah. And this is where there's like the like burlesque dancer type room with like different red lights what? and all this stuff. It was an absolute trip. Like, I'm not kidding every time was more and more and more surprises. <laughs> and so, you know, we just had this incredible experience with him. He then also takes, he's like, oh, well, you got to see my house. He lives above it. So he takes us up to his house and shows up his roof deck and, he, you know, and we meet his wife and all that kind of stuff. So talk yeah, about we, an immersive experience. Completely. Wow. Like this on its own would have been my best experience yeah. of, of, yeah, your of best. the year. Yeah. But it was just part of this one day. That's true. So my dad and I leave. We then take a, uh, we go get gelato. We get good gelato. We go, yeah. I was just going to say, we didn't really spend much of this day together, but this is the day when I was in Buenos Aires and I spent all that time you were at the barber, like 
walking around. Oh, I went with the kids to the... Yeah, to the zoo, the and, zoo. and all that okay. kind of stuff. Okay, I was just trying to think of what I was doing when you were having So that. we had had a, a noon appointment. At this point, we, we didn't think it would take this long. Yeah. At this point, it's like 3.30, three? Yeah. 3 o'clock. We go get gelato. We take a cab to the field hockey fields. And my mom, who is playing on the U.S. women's over 60 national team in the Pan American Games for field hockey... Um, she's playing a game. And so we get up there, we rush up there. The whole family gets to watch my mom play and also our Argentinian friends and their daughter who plays field hockey gets to go to the fields. We're all watching my mom play. So the kids epic. are chanting like USA, USA, <laughs> you know, watching her play. We have this incredible time. You eat the best cookie you had in Buenos Aires. Yeah, at, at, that Alpha Horace at the snack bar there. And it's just, again, this incredible experience getting to watch my mom play, being there with our whole family and our friends. And then we rush from there and we go and we catch a ferry to Uruguay. And Uruguay had always been the number one country that I wanted to go to from when I started my travel blog. When I wrote the about page on my travel blog on January 1st, 2012, I said, the place I want to go the most is Uruguay. And in 2023. And, and so we take the ferry to Uruguay. We're on this ferry. Hattie is dancing around the aisles to Taylor Swift. People are <laughs> laughing at her. You yes, know. they're playing Taylor Swift on the ferry. And, uh, and she's just dancing around. And we get into Uruguay. We go to the hotel. Uh, we get into Colonia del Sacramento in Uruguay. We go to the hotel and it's about 8.30 p.m. So it's late. We're like, we could put the kids to bed, but there's a pool here. And the guy was like, you can use the pool basically as late as you want. So we get him in their suits. We go to the outdoor pool. It's an infinity pool overlooking the bay. No one else is out there. We're swimming with the kids. There's also an indoor pool. So we go in there and we just have this really cool experience with the kids that we pushed it a little bit. You know, it would have been very easy for us to just like, let's just go to bed. And we're like, now nah, we got one night here. So we do that. Kids go to bed. I say, Heth, do you mind if I go out and walk around this town? Because I wasn't really that tired. It was 10 p.m. And she's like, no, go for it. And I start flaneuring around Colonia del Sacramento. So flaneuring is the French word for just wandering around town. And I just start wandering around. I'm sending Heather a message on WhatsApp like, hey, Heth, like, this is the cutest little street. And here's the cutest little building. And here's the cutest little restaurant. And, uh, you know, I was obviously high on life at that point. <laughs> yes, you were. And I'm just like lying in bed. And he's like, I wish you could be out here. And I'm like, yeah, me there too. But, you know, I'm here at the hotel with the kids. They're asleep. I'm snuggling. It's pretty cozy here. There was this restaurant on this corner. And I'm just walking around this town. I have nothing to, exp no, don't know what to expect. And there's this corner off the main square where there's this restaurant. And there's this guy. And I walk in because I'm like looking at his menu. I'm like, this looks like I'm, I'm on a street corner in Italy. And picture perfect, lit by the street lights, everything like that. And I, I just poked my head in and no joke, a guy, an old Italian guy in a white chef's hat looks at me, walks out and he goes, Hey, amigo, you know, like, what do you want? You want to sit down and eat? And uh, I was like, well, I wish I could have a date here with my wife. This would be perfect. But she's watching the kids. She's probably understanding maybe half of what I'm saying. <laughs> and, um, you know, but he didn't have pizza that night. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll come back. I, we didn't end up going to go back, but I was like, this is a cartoon. Like this dude looks like super Mario and oh, with a white chef's it. hat. And, uh, so I press on, there's a gelato place on the corner. Go listen to my best desserts podcast for this one. Uh, but I eat the absolute best ice cream I've ever had in my life. And I've been to 500 places around the world, easily 500. And this is the best ever. It's completely unexpected that I would have the best helado in 
Uruguay because I just spent five days trying to find the best helado in, in Argentina. Best ice cream I've ever had. I eat that. I go, I'm walking by an open air. Now it's around like 1130. I'm walking by an open air kind of courtyard bar that has live music. I pop in there. I get a little bit of food. I drink a gin and tonic. I listen to some live music. And then I go back to the hotel. And I remember thinking, my day started... I couldn't believe this was 24 hours ago. My day started with someone WhatsApping me that my bike was stolen outside of our hotel. And here I've got, because I changed my mindset, was like, whatever, no big deal. Deal with it. I just got to have the best travel day I've ever had of my life. Wow. That's transformative. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's that's a, incredible. Yeah. I mean, all that, that stuff would have happened. Some of that would have happened. Maybe. Maybe. But like my mindset, I was in such a good headspace because I just said, Whatever, it happened. Yeah, I mean, you could have easily been like grumpy all day. Then you know, we, gone to the police station, yeah. missed the barber's appointment. Definitely. Pissed off at the ferry, gone right to bed. Yeah, definitely. You would have been like, oh, I don't feel like going out to explore. You know, like I think 100% you wouldn't have had the same day. Yeah, so my best travel day, or top three, because I have two others that I've mentioned in other podcasts, but uh, easily one of my top three travel days of all time. Wow. And it started with my bike getting stolen. So there you go. That's what my a story. number one. I guess it makes sense that you could, you know, forget about the epic horseback riding wine date. Yeah. Well, this just, when you when have I, a day like that. When I thought of this day, I just, yeah, it hit it for me. So first time we've also gone over two hours oh on a gosh. on a year in review podcast. Well, you know, it's been a while. So it's been a while. We had a lot to say and we had some absolutely incredible experiences for sure this year. No doubt this was our best travel year in a long, 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 long time. I might ever say I might even say ever because it, it was just so different because we had some really incredible experiences with kids, really incredible experiences without kids really incredible experiences with family members domestically internationally an epic year all the boxes yeah on my way through I saw you on my way through on my way I saw you and I'll see you again someday Are we setting ourselves up for disappointment in 2024? Nah, definitely. Can we beat 2023? I mean, we don't have to beat it, but I think we can match it. We'll match it. Guys, let us know on Instagram what was your best experience of 2023. Hit us up at Extra Pack of Peanuts. You there.